This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're about to listen to an episode of Watch Out for Fireballs. But first, we have a very special message for you. Uh, as you might have heard last episode, if you've been listening uh, to the last episode, we have started a Kickstarter to do a live show at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo uh, mm-hmm. here this fall. And Gary, what's the good news? The good news is that Jesus loves you. He loves each and every one of you. He loves all of us, and he'll accept us into his heart. Um, the good news is that we made our Kickstarter goal in about four days <laughs> because of your amazing generosity. Yeah, you guys rule. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like it was literally, uh, you know, one of the most heartening things that has happened to me. Um, we appreciate the shit out of it. Um, and I, the, the cool, so we're going to do the show. Um, everybody who's a backer, you're going to get a copy of the show. Um, you know, that stuff is all done and done now. Um, but the cool thing is it's not too late to either become a backer and get that live show or get some other awesome shit. So we've expanded the tiers, uh, which you saw a little while ago, and uh, we have revealed some of the stretch goals, you know, just other cool stuff that we would like to do uh, with your support. If you haven't been to the site, you know, go to the duckfeed.tv forward slash Kickstarter and check these out because the stretch goals are like episodes we want to do, like cool episodes about shit that's like mostly us being in the same place or us spending like this extra time to produce these things. And, uh, you know, we want your, we're only gonna be able to make them if we get to those goals, mm-hmm. but everybody's going to get them. Yeah. So, uh, check it out. And you want the, the cool shit that we have in our, our pledge awards. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. It's, it's all, I mean, it is cool. Like it's already there. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording this in advance. So, <laughs> so our tenses, oh, I'm English and we tenses ain't so great. They is. <laughs> um, but the, uh, we're, we're real psyched about yeah. All of it. So, so uh, once again, yeah. that is duckfeed.tv slash Kickstarter. Uh, you have two weeks left, um, at least as of press time, to, uh, to to make your pledge. Take a look at the rewards. Take a look at the stretch goals and uh, see if we can help stretch it on out. And uh, there's some other stuff that's only a little bit uh, related to the Kickstarter, but we're kind of announcing at this time. So if you haven't visited that, t- that page in a while, go check it out. There are updates awaiting you. Black. Black helicopters. False flag events. Black men. Helicopters in black. Do you drink the punch? Do you swallow the flavor aid? I know you don't, true believers. Members of the free-thinking American army, prepare to salute. It's time for the grassy knoll with John Alexis. Not no America. There's something I got in my craw. So something that, that, that I think we need to talk about. As a nation, we need to talk about it. I mean, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want us to talk about it. But we're going to talk about it. I'm talking about the Grey Death people. I'm talking about Yenatko. I'm talking about Nangno Argumentation. Today on the Grassy Knoll, we're taking your calls and supporting free thought. Caller... You're on the air. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk to you about the messages. They're beaming into my, into my brain from, 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 from space. Is this Tony? Hey, hey, Tony. Now, now what they say this time? All right. I was playing basketball down by the ton, and then I heard this, this, this chirp, and I saw these glowing letters. They said, sign them up for the Knicks. Now, 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 now loyal listeners will know this is all part of a plan enacted uh, by the Kennedy administration. To install false confidence and soften us up for the Illuminati threat. Next caller. Uh, uh, hi, John. Uh, first time caller, uh, long time listener. 
I, I was grabbing a soda uh, down by Battery Park, uh, grabbing some some lemon lime soda, uh, and there was this keypad behind the soda machine. I, I was I was curious, so I pressed some buttons, and well, now now I'm stuck in this underground facility that that oh god, I'm being shot at. Oh, and the laser tripwires are making this really really annoying sound. Now, caller, we all know that the Bilderberg Group built tunnels under all of New York back in the the forties, all right. And uh, this was in order to add chemicals that go into the fluoride that goes into our water supply that we use to wash our dogs and cats, all right. And uh, you have stumbled upon a deep, dark secret, my friend. And uh, it is your responsibility to fight back. I wish you luck, my friend. I believe in you. Next caller. Hello, John. This is Gunta. Um, here we go. I want to talk about the lemon lime. I keep getting the lemon lime. Anyone would want orange. Now, now, now listen, Gunter, we've been over the... Uh, can, can I help you? Who let them in... Move, 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 flashbang, go! Ah, what's the meaning? My eyes! MJ-12, unit 14, L. <laughs> Uh, hello, uh, free-thinking American uh, army. Is it okay if I if I say army? Uh, okay, uh, hello, troops. Uh, praise you, Natco. After a uh, brief hiatus, we're here with moderate amounts of truth coming right at you. Uh, I've done some um, extensive research and found that the tunnels below Battery Park are actually a myth perpetrated by the NSF. Uh, caller, you are on the air. John, th- this is crazy. Wasn't it you who said that Unaco was nothing more than a puppet play put in place to pacify the... No, 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 caller. I-, I did say that. But I also said many times, I I am on the record as saying that you should watch out for fireballs. <laughs> My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you are listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking about the first part of Deus Ex, which is a combination first-person shooter and computer role-playing game developed by Ion Storm and published by Eidos Interactive for the PC in 2000. Yep, and uh, this game is the brainchild of War Inspector, who wanted to make a game that was a completely immersive simulation. And that is why he made Epic Mickey. <laughs> you have not. <laughs> and Epic not, Mickey 2. And that is not true, because those games are kind of trash. Um, Deus Ex, on the other hand, succeeds in mashing up all these different genres and is very highly regarded uh, primarily because of that, among yeah. other things. Well, yeah. Uh, gameplay takes uh, place from a first-person perspective as you control J.C. Denton, a nano-augmented special agent. Uh, there are multiple ways to approach any given situation, and the skill and dialogue systems give you an incredible amount of control over how the game shakes out. Yeah. Um, Deus Ex is also notable for its plot, which is a real uh, you know, cavalcade clown car of conspiracy theories. Um, just about everything you've heard of pops up in here. 
And uh, the the game was uh, later ported to Mac and PS2 and has both a sequel and a prequel. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot about that. Uh, Human yep. Revolution is a prequel. Yep. Yeah. Even though, and and it's it's a little bit uh, shaky the way that it uh, you know kind of justifies that, given that it looks so much better and things right. are so much you know prettier. It's, yeah, stylistically so different. Yep. The, yep. It, it's like, but it's actually know. a really good game. So yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and and I'm an Invisible War apologist. I say yeah. that as an Invisible War apologist. Right. But. So for this episode, we are playing up until you first reach Hong Kong. Uh, the next episode will kind of take us to the conclusion. That stopping point kind of seems a little bit early, you know, if you're looking at a list of the things that happen. But uh, this first act is really, really, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a logical point narratively, right? Yep. And it's also, I would say that the most, most of the plot happens in the first half of the game. Right. Like, uh, you know, it being a conspiracy story, a lot of the, uh, the tension, everything comes from like figuring out who you can trust and, and kind of broken, you know, alliances and all of that stuff. And most of that stuff happens in the first half of the story. Right. So, yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that plot? Cool. So, yes, it's the year 2052 and J.C. Denton is a nano augmented rookie at UNATCO, which is the policing arm of the United Nations that sprung up after a number of terrorist terrorist groups uh, started disrupting global affairs. A mysterious illness called the Grey Death is reaching epidemic proportions and it can only be kept at bay by a drug called ambrosia, which is in limited supply. Yep. And the uh, National Secessionist Forces... Um, a.k.a. the NSF, have hijacked a large shipment of this ambrosia, and J.C. and his brother Paul are deployed to recover it and chase the NSF out of New York. Uh, J.C.'s investigations in Hell's Kitchen and Battery Park leads him to an airfield at LaGuardia where the NSF have taken the ambrosia. Yeah, and it's there that you find out um, that Paul has defected to the NSF, claiming that UNACO is being used by shadowy interests to control the supply of ambrosia and keep it from the public. Uh, UNACO leadership activates the kill switch on Paul, and JC attempts to rescue him, making him an enemy of UNACO. Yep. And as we wind down this episode, uh, JC is captured, but manages to escape from the UNACO building um, by and, you know, killing Manderley, or not killing Manderley, um, and the bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty agent Navarre, um, convincing his friends to defect and confirming that Paul is in fact dead, which is, again, optional. There's a lot of this stuff, like, you get to create your own game, yeah. and we're going we're gonna to talk about it uh, quite a bit. So there's really not a canon way of doing it, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, all of these these little threads kind of come to a, to a close right. So um, at this point. Um, on, on your way out, you're heading to Hong Kong to find the one man that can turn off your kill switch before it's too late, a Tracer Tong. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so you have a lot more experience with the game than I do. Um, I've played up to, like, the tanker, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that you're, you're when you're supposed to scuttle a boat, yeah. Um, and uh, you've beaten it multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. You have stayed. You're you're very outspoken about this being one of your favorite games of all time. That's true. Yeah. Um, and it's and replaying it, it's like man, I, you know, every time we play one of the like these really excellent games for the show, I'm like, this is the best game we've done for the show. <laughs> no, this is the best game we've done for the show. And good thing nobody's holding me to any of that because you're several times during this, I'm like, this is the best game we've done for the show. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I've played through it multiple play styles and several times just in in order to kind of soak it up. Yeah, um, we should talk about because you know these things. One of the my favorite things about this game is that you are kind of constructing not only your own way to play through the game, but your own kind of narrative. Right. For it, so in kind of general terms, maybe we should both outline what type of character we're playing mechanically and kind of what attitude we're taking these uh, the various challenges we run into. Right. Um, so I'll go first. I am playing a uh, clumsy pacifist. 
<laughs> okay. That that isn't by choice. That's just how it kind of ends up. Just constantly dropping things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just not, you know. not just knocking lamps off of tables. You're just constantly petting cats until you break their neck. <laughs> exactly. And Paul just comes up and is just like, "We're police. <laughs> Use the prod. Uh, <laughs> like, prod the cat, Gary." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so you know I, the morals of this game are real fucked up. I I tutored about this, but. Uh, um, I, I don't like killing people. I would rather use the trank darts or uh, use the prod because they, they are pretty effective, especially compared to uh, using an actual weapon if you are untrained in it. Um, however, I don't have any compunction about hacking, which is my kind of secondary progression skill, uh, which uh, lets me read people's email, love letters, and um, also plunder their bank accounts. Yeah, steal money from them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have – there's something about these games, even when I – you're right about that because even when I played through – like I've done as – you have to kill a couple people in the game. I've done as close to a pacifist run in this game where I don't kill anybody who doesn't need to – you know, doesn't have to die. Um, and – all those times I still need to steal everything that's not nailed down. Right. Like I get crazy. Like at the point we end this playthrough, I have 20 lockpicks and 20 multi-tools. <laughs> and that's usually where I'm at. Like I'm just like so diligent about like <laughs> like I'm just a human Roomba. Like just <laughs> sweeping this entire world for, for tiny trinkets. A Humba. Um, yeah, I'm just a Humba. Yeah. Or yeah. A, a Rumen. Um, a human being a human Um, being um but yeah so like the clumsy part is i will always attempt to take the back way um wanky wanky um and i will also um (laughs) i missed that reference and that made what you just said real creepy (laughs) i don't know what that is (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about no it's it's a euphemism gary no no so i will oh, but is okay so, so hold on <laughs> no 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 <laughs> is is wanky wanky something that you just made up uh, i think it's a reference to something it's like oh suggestive. Okay. that's suggestive isn't it <laughs> like all i heard and 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 you know unluckily for you i am recording this on my end as well is that is i oftentimes try to take the back way wanky wanky like if you like, slipped it in there, like if we were in a bar, I would think you were trying to pick me up. Like, you were, like I always try to check the uh, the passages below me, below me. Like, like it's some subliminal message. Yeah. Okay, I just thought maybe it was a reference to something I didn't understand, but nope. the truth is far more horrific. Yeah, yeah. I was, Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> no. So so if if there is something that seems like a sneaky option, I will take it. Hmm. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, it, it always ends up going bad. And because of the way stealth works in this game, it's really, really difficult to recover from that. And rather than quick save and quick load, which I feel is, you know, largely against the spirit, uh, to a certain extent, I will just, you know, sneak. And then if stuff happens, be prepared to fight my way out of that situation, Mm -hmm. which is, it's a pragmatic way to play. I think that's very similar to how I played most of my other playthroughs of the game um like primarily uh, avoiding contact and being non-lethal most of the time because like i mean the game does a good job of like a lot of the, you know most of the people who you can kill or who want to kill you are not bad guys right like almost no one deserves to die mm-hmm. in this game there's only a few uh, movers and shakers um this time though i really wanted to kind of stretch um you know i had this thought that maybe this game was like bloodlines where like you can play 80 percent of bloodlines without you know, murdering people. And then you get to the end and you just have to murder people like that. The game gives you the illusion of an option for playing it multiple ways, but really you need to sneak around because you're going to get overwhelmed with firepower. 
So this time I'm actually playing it kind of like a shooter and uh, with kind of my secondary being like lockpicking and computer right. stuff. Um, but just putting a little bit into that. And then um, – but most of, the, most of it playing it as a shooter. So I'm – you know, a, a bloodthirsty murderer <laughs> and, uh, and going in, you know, guns of, or more likely like sniping from a distance right, right. and then, you know, cleaning up mm-hmm. with my assault rifle. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I'm playing it this time. And it's, it's fine. It supports it just, just fine. But the, uh, a lot of people are probably going to, you know, I've read a lot on message boards of people who pick up this game and end up putting it down right in the first level because they try to play it like I'm talking about and their skills don't support it. Right. And uh, that's one of the, you know, one of the interesting things about this game where it like controls like a shooter, but the mechanics are dictated, you know, as, as would an RPG. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So the, uh, you, you know, the more the, you choose how proficient you are with guns and that's going to choose uh, or de- determine how, you know, how close to the actual center of the reticule your bullets go. Yeah. You shoot. And, and I, you know, not not to start making judgments too early, but I, you know, I like that. I like that in principle, but I don't like how, um, like like the 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 point at which you start, right? At, at just being as useless as possible with this thing. You are um, you are. This is very much like very like a similar to like a Metroid, like an empowerment. Like <clears throat> the the gameplay follows an empowerment arc, right? Right. Like so, you start off very disempowered, but the the first level is not like a first level of a Metroid as far as what's demanded of you. So like the, there's kind of the difficulty curve, you know, there are later areas where you have, you know, so many tools at your disposal, the game kind of becomes laughably easy. Mm -hmm. It starts off like much more difficult than it ends up. Right. For the most part, because you have you know, so few of those tools. Yeah. Um, but we, we are skipping over something. Um, the game kind of lays out it's, it's plot and the conspiracy right in the beginning, but it's one of those things where you don't, if you don't know the players involved and the mm-hmm. forces, it it seems like it comes out of nowhere. Right. So the opening cutscene is really, really confusing because you because <laughs> you don't know what any of these things are. Right. Like maybe if you'd read the manual, like this game is of a vintage where like maybe there's a setup. Right. In a, in a manual, uh, things with uh, Bob Page uh, talking to Walter Simonson, mm-hmm. and uh, what you later find out is uh, MJ12. Uh, uh, like a, I think it's in Versa Life. Right. Um, is where they're at and. Um, I'm kind of talking. It talks to you a little bit about the Gray Death, a little bit about um, you know Unaco, and talks about the you know the secondary unit or the the primary unit um, you know underperforming and the the secondary unit being just about ready for for uh, testing. Right. And then the game starts with you being a uh, you know a, a super soldier mm-hmm. of sorts. So it doesn't take too much of a stretch to figure out like oh wait they're talking about me like who are these people you yeah. know like it's a conspiracy but the player will figure things out much faster than the the character will. Right. Right. Yeah. Because JC is really, really dense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like the, like the, this, this seems to me and, you know, joy of joy is I'm going to make a reference to this game, uh, like the opening uh, to Dark Souls, where mm-hmm. it's baffling when you first see it. But like later on, when you actually encounter those things in the game, it makes all that much more sense. And every time you go back and watch it, it feels even huger. Right. Like it yeah. takes on new significance as you learn more. You're talking about specifically like the story beats and the cutscene. Yeah, part? yeah. Just like I remember for first watching that cutscene. Um, well, okay, both of these, and just being like, "This is the most ridiculous thing." But going back to it with the knowledge that I have now, knowing that this is Simon's and blah blah blah, like, okay, all of that makes perfect sense now. But at the start, it's just like really off-putting to me. Yeah, yeah. It it does definitely doesn't like. It kind of starts in the in the, in the middle. Yeah. Like I was trying to think of of, of a game where like. 
you get information, but then it's recontextualized later. Mm-hmm. As opposed, like Dark Souls kind of does that. But I was thinking about, and um, this is a real obvious thing, but thinking about um, when you play, like the, you kind of start out as if you were playing a Malkavian in Bloodlines oh, yeah, without having yeah. played through the game, where like you're constantly talking about what's going to happen and talking about you know the deeper lines of the plot, mm-hmm. and uh, the player doesn't know, you know. But this is kind of just thrust upon you, at least uh, you know just in this like first cutscene. Um, the actual goals when you start out are pretty straightforward. Right. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, you work for UNATCO. It is, uh, stationed near the Statue of Liberty. Um, and <laughs> the, the, uh, and kind of a weird, weird thing. Yeah. Like they, you know, they explain it. I'm pretty sure. They do. It's, but, it, it, it's because UNATCO was founded after the NSF blew up at the, uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. The yep, maniacs. Yep, yep. And, and, and. <laughs> <laughs> but you also like it, like it's kind of like a little kid mentality where it's like, yeah. well, we need to make sure they won't blow up the Statue of Liberty again. We're gonna put our fort right here, <laughs> like where we can see it. And then they take over the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like derp. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's tons of cool stuff about the backstory of this game that you don't actually. That's all like suggested and kind of talked about in text files. Yeah. Oh um, God, the text files, Gary. The text yeah. files. <laughs> <laughs> this is the. Uh, uh, this is like a honey trap. Yeah. Honey trap for coal. Like the uh, um, I'm so happy when? that we did Metroid Prime like so like these two so close together <laughs> yeah. because like this is how you do it right. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the text is is that you can read is actually optional. Always, you know, interesting. <clears throat> like almost always interesting, I would yeah. say. Um yeah, is is much better. Much right. better handled. Um, like California has sloughed off into the ocean, yeah. like due to a, due to a war, and that's like suggested. You'll see maps mm-hmm. where the whole West Coast is gone, which is really cool. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that's really interesting bit of trivia is that when you look at the uh, the skybox and the skyline, no, there's WTC. no, yeah, no, no World Trade Center. That and was like, an accident. Yep, yep, it was a, it was an accident, and it happened to you know come out a year before uh, that was true in real life. Yeah, um, so. Kind of a you know they they can't take credit for it, but it's still kind of a cool in a, in a game. <laughs> by which I mean the bombings. By yeah. which I mean Warren Spector did not blow up. You're, off, you're off the hook, Ion Storm. <laughs> yeah, no, it was the other Ion Storm that would have done that. Yeah, this was the good Iron Storm. Iron Storm. Yeah, this was the Austin one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. the monsters behind Daikatana are the people who are gonna <laughs> the monsters. <laughs> I don't care how many virgins were promised to you. Don't make Daikatana. <laughs> 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 um, oh man! But the uh, uh, yeah, so so it just kind of in a game dealing with terrorism that kind of you know because I played this after after nine mm-hmm. eleven happened yeah, and uh, that was, it was interesting to me mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. Um, the uh, so you know you start off in in this Unaco base and it's around the, the docks near Unaco base and it's explicitly right. a test, right? right? So like for the character and for you, it is a test of this kind of situation you're going to be kind of running into again and again in the game. Right. This kind of situation being, you know, you know what your goal is. Uh, you know roughly where you need to get to. Um, and you have to find the way, not the best way, but the best way for you uh, to mm. get there. Yep. Right? Yep. So you can go charging into the front door. Um, you can find a back way. Mm-hmm. Or you can talk to a bum and get in. Yep, and and you can uh, and all of them are equally uh, you know valid, yeah. which is a really important part of this. Like, it's not about finding, you know, the correct the solution. These are not puzzles. 
it's about like empowering player choice, which is something mm-hmm. I'm going to drone on about during both these episodes. But like <laughs> I've, I've said before that like I feel like making a choice is the, the principal component of a game, mm-hmm. right? So like a choose-your-own-adventure book is a game right. because you're making, you're making choices that determine the outcome. Like this game is so respectful of that. Right. You know, and it's so it's so fun. Like I had so much fun like, OK, this is how I'm going to do this. Or like when it get to the nano augmentation system, like having to make those choices and deal with those opportunity costs, you know, it is really elegant. And yeah. I really I really like how respectful this game is of that, because the worst feeling in a, in a video game is that like, oh, what I did didn't didn't matter. Right. You know, like uh, and that that never happens in this game. Yeah. Like I feel like all the, the choices you're making are, are meaningful and will significantly change your experience. Yeah. It's about how visible the hand is. And I would say that the best choices in this game are the ones you don't realize you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is really, really satisfying that the way that you are inclined to play, the way that you want to play, isn't like encouraged. They don't signpost it. They don't put up and say, if you're stealthy, choose door number one. If you yeah. <laughs> if you like shooting guns, choose door number two. They don't signpost it all. It's just kind of like, oh, this is that thing I noticed. Or, oh, I just came here and this is right there. And you don't even realize it until it's all laid bare afterwards that, you know, you weren't so much making a choice, but this game was enabling the way that you just were naturally inclined to play. You know, right. it, it was it was like, are, are you observant enough? Are you walking around and exploring? Oh, you found this vent or, oh, you found this keypad. And this was this is a perfectly valid way to just do this thing. Mm-hmm. And like and- I, I didn't know about the bomb. Like I glossed over that in the briefing. Um, I'm sorry to say bum, but that's what they call them. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about the <laughs> yeah. bum until I walked back to the dock and he was like right there really pissed that I didn't <laughs> use it. Yeah. I yeah, kept which is, waiting, which, right? Which is another example of like another really fucking awesome thing this game does is that like it supports all of your different choices in multiple ways. So like it's not just which way do you get into the building, mm-hmm. but it's how many people you kill and how you do it. Mm-hmm. And characters – including yourself will react in different ways right depending on this so like you're kind of molding a narrative as you go in a way that's not just like here's a menu to you know press one to do this press two to do this you know so like the fact that um you know it doesn't just glitch out the game that if you never talk to this bum who's your informant right mm-hmm. like the tv trope term for it is like the developer thought of everything yeah and the developer thought of everything like in this game like every you know sequence breaking you can do you know, just about without like glitching and stuff like that, that you can do and talking to people and doing things in different ways. When you kill people who are subjects of, you know, assassinations before you talk to the person who gives it to you, everything like that is accounted for. Right. In this. And it's, 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 you know, kind of, you know, awe-inspiring. And going back to your earlier point where you talk about them not signposting the different ways uh, that you go through the game. Um, I feel like in the beginning of the game, they do a little bit more of that. Right. Like they'll, somebody will say like, if you're looking to, you know, you might be able to find a back way into the statue if you're looking for a stealthier approach. Um, and then they take off the training wheels, like, you know, in the same way you imagine someone pushing you along on a bike and then the, the parent like takes their hands away and you don't realize they did it. Right. You know? Um, and the effect is that like, it's kind of multiple different games because the, the game, the experience you have is totally going to change. Like if you're going to go in a certain way, it's almost like you're playing a totally different game. It's multiple kind of linear or multiple parallel paths for every section of the game, you know, and you're free to divert yourself down any of these tributaries at any time. Like, it's just really cool, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's not there's not that much else to say to it. And it's kind of ballsy of them to make to start you out this disempowered because the 
every tool you get is going to lend itself to one of these approaches. And in this first level, you're given really the bare minimum right. of, of the stuff you're going to need. Um, you and, have uh, – or go ahead. Oh, no. I'm gonna, you could go, go ahead because I was going to go into what you have at your disposal. That, that's what I was going to go into as well. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, you know, you start out with a pistol. You get some choices of uh, primarily like in weaponry, it is, you know, lethal or non-lethal. Mm-hmm. is what you're choosing. And then uh, you start getting some kind of tools uh, to get around security and around threats, which are primarily uh, multi-tools and lockpicks, like one for opening doors, one for hacking computer systems and electronics. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's really, and then you're just kind of plopped down. Go for it. And it's like, and most of the game is kind of made up as the, of those constituent parts, at least mechanically. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh Yeah. One thing that I'm okay, so I'm going to express some frustration, uh, which is probably like retroactive. Like, I don't like how lockpicks and um, multi tools are functionally the same thing. Like, yeah, they're they're just just different uh, different skins or for different purposes, but that they control the same. Yeah, yeah. So, like, oftentimes you'll be plopped into an area where, like, oh, the way forward, it's you either have a lockpick or you have a multi tool. Or, you know, many of them because you wear down the strength on these things. And hmm, I don't know, like I, I end up going with with multi tools more often than lockpicks just because they are a bit more functional. But, yeah, they, they, they are very, very similar in purpose. They're they're similar, but I feel like there's enough enough difference. Like, I think that if you take the idea you're talking about to its you know logical conclusion, you get to uh, I can't remember what they're called. But in Deus Ex 2, they are the same. Thing and it makes a big difference, like uh, because you know, so a multi tool you can hack a camera or a turret, mm-hmm. right? You, the multi tools are more versatile. You're right about that. Lockpicks are primarily going to like open up treasure chests. Essentially, mm-hmm. you are going to be the big advantage of those. There are no situation. There's no like, here's a door. There's a or you can lockpick it or multi tool it, mm-hmm. right? Like you're you're using them for different things. Just one of them happens to be much more versatile than the other. Yeah. Like in my experience, like it is kind of frustrating and they, there's definitely a missed opportunity in having, they're both just, you just use a certain number right. of them, right? Like, so like this is a 40% lockpick. My lockpick skill does 25% damage. So I need to use two lockpicks, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty lame. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's no denying that. And like where the, where it becomes a mechanically is that it takes time and you're not invisible when, when you do this, like time doesn't freeze. It's not Bioshock where you like, you jump up in the air and start hacking a turret. Mm-hmm. And then just enter a mini game, so like you have to be in cover, you have to you know worry about patrols and stuff like that. Yeah. But the actually there's nothing mechanically to it, which is kind of a missed opportunity, I yeah. think. Like it would almost I would almost prefer that they did it like the Fallout Three or Fallout New Vegas way. But, mm. You know, just but but that but that obviates the hacking skill. Like you know, just the, like the, like the fact that computers, are, yeah, uh, hacking and electronics are both separate skills seems Mm -hmm. weird to me they do really different things i know like in the game like i mean they're both and they both lend themselves to different uh you know they're kind of redundant in a way so you can choose one or the other like if you're choosing high computer skill you're likely going to be able to find the codes right for for these things that you're hacking Mm -hmm. um or turn off cameras or you know turn turrets to your side yeah yeah um so you choose one or the other like Mm -hmm. um and i feel like they're balanced in like the skill point investment so it, computers are more expensive. Like you want to probably go to trained in computers, but I usually don't go too much further than that. Right. It's nice to be able to hack turrets, but I think that's what you get at the next level. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty cool, but you can also just kind of disable turrets or turn off the camera so the turrets never get alarmed. Right. Yeah. 
yeah. So I realize that I'm kind of picking nits at that, but you know, for how important the skill system is, like the like those those gatekeeper skills probably could have been a little bit more clear, a little bit more, uh, um, you know, directly delineated, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it's and it, and it's definitely a bummer that that they all interact the same. Right. Like the mechanical mm-hmm. part of all of them is like you have to be exposed while you do it. Mm-hmm. And I like the you had to be exposed while you do it aspect, but they oh, should yeah. have added, added a mini game or added even then though like I got pretty sick of like the mini game in Bioshock. Like I think that Fallout uh, does it probably best out of all those examples because right. I like both the the lock picking one is so quick that it doesn't matter, and I like the computer one mm-hmm. like that that one never gets old. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those the, the, those are the skills and we'll get well I, you know do we want to get into the uh the nanologs right now or do we want to Let's wait? get into them when we get to the end of the cuz you get your first one like at this oh, point yeah. you only have light and then the the uh <laughs> default ones which are like um uh they, the people you have this like kind of field operator uh, yeah. Alex Jacobson yeah. uh in your head and you can tell friend from foe based on your crosshair Right I love the idea of the lamp just turning on when he opens his mouth <laughs> like one of those flashlights in, yeah. in a Walmart with like a lion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's walking around like a lighthouse, just. <laughs> it's creepy. There's a, a kids in the hall sketch where like it ends with all it's all these businessmen, and the end of the sketch they're like you know uh, they they kind of like torture a guy and they're like okay is everybody else ready for lunch and they all stand up and shine a flashlight into their mouth. <laughs> as if they were aliens or some kind of and it's always like it's a real creepy image and it's always stuck with me that's what that that reminds me of they eat lights yeah they eat light which is like that's that's how you do uh you know any kind of cool 50 science fiction short story just make them just like like yeah just swap they 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 consume sound so they're always silent because no air vibrates around them yeah i I wrote a a song about that like i have a song about like a a spaceman getting kidnapped by by a princess of people who eat sound oh really and the uh yeah and he can't uh tell them that he wants to go like he he changes his mind and wants to go back to earth but every time he says anything it's eaten oh so he can't uh he's trapped huh yep i like that that's cool is is that on your site um i don't think it is now because i still haven't totally rebuilt my site after Uh, i got hacked ah yes and the name of the name of the song is sound bites (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) the uh the uh so so a lot of that that stuff you're not going to be end up doing you you have to make your way into the the um the statue the moral ambiguity is right on the page so paul tells you hey you know stick with the prod we're police um the rank and file soldiers want you to clean house yeah and uh depending on what you say they're going to react differently um the the uh the bum you run into says you know hey don't kill the leader there he's my contact you're gonna get me out of a job like it's not explicit that you're supposed to kill people mm-hmm. um and regardless of when you go in you kind of have two goals like one is to rescue gunther yeah. and then the other one is to uh apprehend the nsf leader right and so. um so, so like if you go in the stealth way it's really really hard to rescue gunther yep he's on the the ground floor and the stealth way involves going up the back of the uh the statue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like that, that contributes to Gunther really, really hating you. I, I generally will like my, the way I play this, these games is I always in a stealth game or a game with stealth, I want to be able to explore. Right. So I take out everybody mm-hmm. in any situation I'm in, um, which is probably why I ended up spending a lot of time on this game, despite only playing the half of it is because like I'm clearing every area. Oh yeah. 
Um, so I will, uh, you know, I go in through the back generally. And, uh, but since I had no, uh, this is the first time I played through, I had no problem killing anybody. Mm-hmm. I was just murdering every single person. Right. Um, it made it, you know, a lot easier. I was using explosives. Um, secret MVP weapon of this game is a gas grenade. Oh yeah. Like gas grenades are so good because the, the tranquilizer darts, like it tranquilizer darts are supposed to put somebody to sleep. They react by running around and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not a stealthy weapon whatsoever. <laughs> like, oh, 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 yeah, it is not a stealthy weapon. But uh, the riot prod and the gas grenades will actually debilitate people right o- right away. And uh, if you're playing stealthy or you want to, you know, stop people from shooting you, and there's a group, a gas grenade is your friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I really, really like, I like the riot prod. I wish that it wasn't so ammo constricted. Yeah, if you do a headshot, it only takes one one charge. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so you, so you go in through the top. Uh, generally, how me and Cole did it. And uh, if you want to, you go down to the bottom and rescue Gunther, and you start having this kind of. Um, you know, your, uh, I don't know what you call it, your, your likability, you know, people's reaction, like a reaction system. Right. Gunther wants a gun. Um, and if you give him a gun, he gets out and he will kill anybody who's in his way and make his way back to uh, camp. Um, but he reveals that um, they actually got the order to, to hold back and that's why he got captured. So they could have taken it, but this is explicitly a test. And that's kind of your first, not your first clue, but one of the early clues that like somebody, and he says like somebody behind the screen, you know, high up, behind the scenes is trying to see how you perform. Oh yeah. Um, so this whole thing is like, they could have just gone in there and swept the place and would have no problem doing it. <laughs> you know, you were being tested. Right. Um, so I usually will give Gunther a gun. Um, and then, uh, you go up to the top and you meet the, uh, the terrorist leader whose name escapes me right now. I don't remember him. I, I, all that I remember about him is that he kind of gives the, 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 the stock, you know, we're just misunderstood terrorist thing. Mm-hmm. But then, apropos of nothing, like he ends the conversation by saying that the uh, the plague is government population control. It's Usually, the, it's the weirdest going, sequence. You can probably talk to him again and get more clarification. Oh, like yeah. the game, this game has a weird like dialogue trees end halfway or dialogues end like halfway through the trees a lot of the time, mm-hmm. where someone will say something and it's just enough information sometimes, but you can talk to them again and get more. Right. So usually, you kind of have to follow that JRPG trope of like talking to somebody until they're out of new things to say. Right. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, just tells you about that. And, you know, he's telling you the plague is, is man-made, blah, blah, bloop. And, uh, you find the ambrosia up there or no, the ambrosia is already on its way out. Yeah. You're yeah. too late. Um, but you do find an augmentation canister there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's kind of like your superpowers. So you have skills, which we talked about, but you also, you are, you know, a super secret agent and you do have uh, superpowers. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so so like you're different, you know. You you find other people who are augmented, but they have mechanical augmentations. So like mm-hmm. they are cyborgs in the you know regular sense of the word, which is like, oh, I need I wanted a stronger arm, so I had them rip it off and replace it with mm-hmm. a robot arm. Uh, I couldn't see very well, so they replace they replace my eyes with laser eyes. Yep, the Shadowrun uh, method. Yeah. Whereas this, you know, what JC has are nano augmentations, which are, you know, nano bots that are swimming around in his body and, you know, making kind of these more subtle changes. Right. Yep. So he can still look like a sweet ass fedora lord in a trench coat (laughs) and not have to look like a, uh, you know, this shambling, uh, you know, bot essentially. And the game does awesome stuff with that. Like we talked about Gunther, like he already doesn't like, you know, I did. So my uh, kind of moral playthrough or the way I was thinking about the game was that I'm playing J.C. Denton as, like, a total Boy Scout. Like, he is a true believer of a UNATCO. So up until, like, he can't anymore. Right. 
So I was killing every NSF person. I wanted Gunther and uh, Agent Navarre to like me. Mm-hmm. I was doing everything JC Man, you know, uh, Manderly said. And uh, uh, so Gunther already though has a kind of a chip against you because like you look like a normal human and he looks like he looks disgusting. And right. as you when you get back to the HQ, you you start reading his emails and everything. He's really anxious about being outmoded. Right. Right. So like that has all kinds of thematic parallels and like the you know the real world of you know genetic manipulation and whether we can choose you know perfect genes for our kids and kind of transhumanism and all, and all of that jazz. Like right. it's kind of a, a thematically deep well. Mm-hmm. And, and and even down to just kind of like a John Henry style story, you know, right. like Gunther is a steel driving man and here <laughs> you come along and you can, you know, drive a hundred stakes a, a minute. Yeah. You know, just making the entire human race obsolete. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I missed all that stuff with, Gun- with, with Gunther just because I left him for dead. Um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> you, you, you knew ahead of time that, that he's a bad egg. Um, but the augmentation canister. Yes. yes. So the uh, augmentations in this game, like you get them, but they're slotted to a body part. Right. So, and, and they can be done for one thing or another, but not both. Mm-hmm. So when you get an augmentation, you're making, making a choice. Yeah. Um, and this first one is like a strength augmentation. So it can either make you hit harder or lift heavier things. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, the hit harder obviously lends itself to a melee build, but the other one, you know, it's not, uh, immediately evident, but that's a stealth upgrade because, Opening up uh, or moving crates to find back ways into things mm-hmm. or moving crates out of the way uh, is really important. Yeah. So. Yeah, I took the uh, I took the move heavy things one. Um, me too. Yeah. Um, I have done a pure melee play of this this game and it is a lot of fun. Um, oh, really? Yep. But uh, uh, this I, time I. I yeah. guess I guess if I like the uh, if I like the prod, I would like doing a pure melee. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, I mean, because the, the prod is kind of a special weapon, yeah. but the actual when you get act- later, you get a, a couple of really powerful melee yeah, weapons. You get, a, you get a lightsaber, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. In the in the second half of the game, which is real badass, and you should hold on to even if you're not a melee person, because it can mm-hmm. open doors. Oh yeah, like you you lightsaber open cabinets and shit. It's pretty rad. Yep. Um, but yeah, one yeah, of the, the doors have strength on them, so you can just blast them open. Yep. Which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Like, why why wouldn't you be able to? Yeah. Um, at, at the cost of like no ways. Like, so much of this is like Shadowrun. Yeah. Like, what the you know some of these things are in the Genesis version of Shadowrun, which was we talked about when we did that episode. Right. But like getting to a door, being able to blow it open with a grenade, but that causing a bunch of noise mm-hmm. happens here as well. Right. You know, and that's just kind of goes to show. Not only I mean this does it infinitely better, obviously, but man, Shadowrun for the Genesis has a lot of <laughs> good ideas. Definitely. Uh, we're, we're getting to this part, though. Like, again, one of my favorite things is I, I want almost every – like, I mean, maybe I don't want to say every game. But I love it when games have these, like, breather levels, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you could go you go back to HQ, and it's like kind of like a full level, but you're not fighting anything. You don't have a explicit objective, right? Right, right. And this, and this brings out the side of the game that I think is really the strongest, which is the investigation part. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're just kind of, like, walking around, talking with people. Um, and just kind of like soaking in knowledge of this, of this, um, of this, of this, uh, you know, organization, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah. and the world getting like the backstory yep. and the, you know, the hints as to what, you know, your place is in this world and your origin mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. It's really neat. And it's like, it's real adventure gamey. Yeah. You know, um, never, you know, you're never grabbing the, the rubber duck to get, you know, a key out of a sewer grate, mm-hmm. but you are, uh, putting together information right. in, a, in a similar way. Yeah. Um, and, and there are a lot of like kind of, um, little nods, to verisimilitude where like, you know, it's your, you know, your first day on the job. Like, of course you have an office. Of course they set you up with an email account, <laughs> you know, like they, they do things like that. Yeah. 
in the, in the game, which is really cool. And you're introduced to kind of um, some like, you know, the rest of the, the, the crew. Yeah. The Unaco crew. Mm-hmm. Which the, the, the line between the good guys and the bad guys is so hilariously evident. Totally. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like Alex and Jaime are solid bros, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. Navarre, Gunther, and Manderly are just like the most obviously evil people. Like with Navarre and Gunther, like they have East German accents. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder though, I wonder if that's us coming at this from our like, you know, pinko liberal bent. Right. Because like their arguments, you know, are pers- like there's there's maybe I, I wonder if there's any gray to it. If like you were more conservative leaning mm-hmm. and were like more like, yes, we need to do whatever. Like terrorists are just not that's not acceptable. And there's yeah. no you know, there's 100 percent a difference between a mm-hmm. terrorist and a freedom fighter and <laughs> and all that jazz. Like, right. I wonder if, uh, you know, if that would come through that same way. Yeah. Like they're obviously like a little bit cartoonish, but they're also they're played, you know, for kind of comic relief. At right. this point, too, especially like Gunther. Mm-hmm. But um, like when you read his emails, they're all they're like he, he he types in his accent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, like a bunch of like typos and stuff. Well, he wants he wants a skull gun. Yeah, it's great. Like things would be much better if I could kill by look. Yeah. Or something like that. There's a mod uh, that restores all the cut content in the game and you can get a skull mod or skull uh, gun uh, mod. Oh, augmentation. <laughs> what does that do functionally? It uh, it's a really powerful gun that shoots at whatever you're looking at and yeah. takes up like half your bioelectric, but it's really really powerful. Huh. So yeah. pretty neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they the, they are definitely bloodthirsty, and it does you know especially with Paul, you know who like starts out by saying like, hey, you know we shouldn't kill these guys, etc. It plays into these stereotypes. So like if you're if you're savvy enough to get a read on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right. Just, You're going to see that he's, you know, Paul. And they even say, like, you know, they're not big fans of your brother. Right. Um, your brother's also one of the better voice actors in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul Denton's pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, that uh, versimilitude we're talking about, like, in addition to getting email address, you also get paid. Yeah. You know, like, just like a job. Mm-hmm. Like, you get an op bonus. If you do things, certain things, you get paid. Um, there's a nice little Easter egg here, which I always, uh, in this game, I don't always do it, but in this game, I do it where if you go in the woman's bathroom, <laughs> you run into a character, and then uh, man really knows you did it. And uh, if you want our Facebook page, that's the backdrop right now, is him <laughs> admonishing you, um, which I, I, I just, I love that. Yeah. Again, developers thought of everything. Yeah, I did that the first time I played, like, back when I was, you know, 14. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was, yeah. it was like, like, like that little, you know, if, if you would think to pay attention to it and that, like that probably delights maybe 10% of the people who play the game, you know, mm-hmm. but like those people are like immediately like believers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. all about depth rather than mm-hmm. trying to get the lowest uh, possible denominator. Yeah. Um, so next year you're heading to New York, but beyond the way there, you're doing your first op with, uh, with Anna Navarre yeah. and uh, going to uh, Castle Clinton which has been taken over by NSF operatives. Yeah. And, and, and a pretty un- unremarkable, you know, mission. I, I forget what narrative purpose it serves, um, except to be like, you're, you're trying to trace down these shipments of ambrosia, um, which you seem really, really concerned with these shipments of ambrosia. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah well, ambrosia is like a big deal, right? Yeah, Cause it's like yeah. something that it's not like it's a cure for the plague. It's something you have to keep taking to not catch the plague. Right. So like everybody on the staff wants you to get it. You know, there's a part where like if you don't get this ambrosia or later, I think Manderly says it to Paul where it's like if you don't get this ambrosia, I'm sending you down to explain to the mayor yeah, why his yeah. three daughters are going to get sick this month. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only narrative thing I can think of is that um, 
this is your mission with Anne Navarra, mm-hmm. and it's your chance to make an impression one way or another on her. Right. Um, and that's it. Like that's the only thing I can think of. But there's there's just kind of you know it's it's kind of like a, a smaller level. Like there's two ways to do it. You can do a head-on assault, or um, like a little kid who's who's a little starving, moppet, urchin. Um, yeah, little little urchinlet, a little artful dodger. Um, <laughs> will if you give him uh, a soy food, will uh, will tell you the code to get into the back way, and right. they have this kind of underground complex there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is this one of the places where you can swim too? Or is yeah, that um, later? you can't swim into it, but you do swim. There's like a little dock. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember swimming down there to get uh, to, to to get um, ammo. I think is down mm-hmm. there. So, so we did. We didn't mention swimming when we were talking about this, but there are some real goofy skills that you can sink into, yeah, which end up being viable in very specific situations. There, there, and there are very clear. Like they're kind of dump skills too. Mm-hmm. In a way, like they're cheaper, which is nice. And putting like a point into swimming is not bad. Right. You know, but they there's swimming and environmental resistance, which like both of which have an item that will get you around it. Right. Um specifically in Hong Kong, there's a large swimming area that's optional but gives you a really good reward. And I always by that point I just pick up a couple of rebreathers mm-hmm. and get through it. Um the uh and then the other thing with combat is like you don't want to try to be a master of all guns. Right. In this game. Like choose one or two guns you like. And uh, this time I did pistols and rifles. And historically, I've always done pistols and heavy weapons. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I did pistols and rifles. And just like, e- even when I was untrained in rifles, I was I was modding the the, the fuck out of my assault mm-hmm. rifle. And yeah. now, now I've got like, a you know, a silent assault rifle that is really, really far in range and does a bunch of damage. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, weapons mods are kind of the middle level upgrade you can find right so like the best thing you can find the thing you don't want to miss in any level you're at is the augmentation right either the new augmentation or the augmentation upgrade mm-hmm. um but finding weapon mods is really important too yeah um but yeah that's i mean that's castle clinton there's not much to it yeah you, you clear the place out one way or another you run into some <laughs> kind of uh quizzling kids yeah who will, will help you out mm-hmm. yeah i uh th- this ended up being a bloodbath and navar liked it and i kind of this little personal narrative moment like i was walking around and pe- people were saying hey good job killer and i was like yeah i failed don't 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 applaud <laughs> me for this that's horrible all those people died one uh, of the things since this is my first time i've played through as like a total bloodthirsty killer one of the things i noticed this time is that your responses change as well so like yeah since I'm going through killing every terrorist I see from terrorist A to terrorist Z, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the characters will be like, congratulations. And I'll be like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'd do it again if I could, you know, you say like these yeah. kind of like bloodthirsty lines, like you're shaped, you're not a silent protagonist, but you are shaped by your choices. <laughs> see, I, I read that as, 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 uh, as Denton trying to pass. Just kind of oh, like, yeah. oh, this is this is what everybody thinks I am, rather than say, well, but just like I'll just own it. <laughs> we should probably point out now that J.C. Denton is on the spectrum. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just that there is absolutely no inflection in his voice. Like he is, he he is. Uh, what, what's what's his name? Uh, the person who actually is on the spectrum in uh in Blues Brothers. Oh, I can't remember the name the character it's been a long time since i've seen that yeah yeah he 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 is uh dan Aykroyd's character in the blues yeah. brothers yeah. <laughs> like to the extreme yeah it's and sometimes it comes through for really good effect like there's right. a couple times where he sounds real badass yeah <laughs> when he's doing it but every other time it's ridiculous yeah and combined um, combined with the the the, the generally 
sparse facial animation in the game. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and generally sparse, like totally crappy character models. Like, right. We, we didn't talk about it. I don't want to bag on it because it's one of my all time favorite games, but it's not a good looking game. No, it is not. And it's one of those it's one of those things where where the meshes are really basic and they tried to compensate for it with uh, with the textures, mm-hmm. you know, trying to put in, you know, contours and the you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But you get people like Gunther or Navarre um, and then yeah. even like Simonson who have these mods that if it was like rendered you know like each of those things was was its own poly it'd be fine but it but they look just kind of like a four-year-old like drew on them yeah it, <laughs> it, everybody looks pretty bad and it's yeah. it, you can mod it a lot but i tried to mod it and the mod didn't take oh. and i just decided to keep playing through it like at first i couldn't tell because i was like oh maybe it's just not a very big improvement here mm-hmm. and then by that point i was like too far in the game and i realized i didn't really care that much right i'm i'm happy there's got to be some kind of you know some people like they just can't eat broccoli Right, like broccoli or cilantro. Yeah, they're super and tasters. They, like super tasters. I'm glad I'm not like a super graphics right. guy. Like I'm glad that I'm able to like, eh, you know, I'll play Tony Hawk too. Yep. I don't care that it's not very good looking. Yeah. I mean I can I, I can obviously point out the faults. I mean it's really yeah. the only thing I'm good at. Um <laughs> Well, God put us here to find fault in all his creation. Yes. Uh, but, um, but like, I can tolerate something. I, I can tolerate PS1 era RPGs, you know? Like, yeah. You know, but, but like, we, we, can, we can play these and still acknowledge that, like you've said many times recently, like, this is the awkward adolescent phase for, uh, for, for video game graphics, right? Yep. Yep. This is, this is the time. And, and I know a lot of people who just couldn't go, you know, wouldn't be able to do it, right? Yeah. Like, modern gamers who, like, ate up Dishonored. Mm-hmm. you know couldn't do this and it's like i just want them to like just relax the moment <laughs> and you'll get into it like everything you love about dishonored is done here and it's better yeah man and take i love dishonored like it just it's ah take a thrill pill man yeah exactly take a thrill pill yeah. during the thrill pill cult um yeah on the you're you're going through uh castle clinton on your way to the, the subway and there's a hostage situation on your way to new york right um, which again, uh, like all the things, lots of different ways to, to take care of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go in through the back way. Um, you can do a, a frontal assault, which I guess like that's most of the time. Yeah. The different ways. Yeah. But there's different ways you can go in through the back way. Right. Um, and then sometimes you can also talk your way into situations as well. Yeah. Um, you, this is not one of them. To talk to. Yeah. Yep. It's not, it's not like a Bioware thing where, you know, there are flags that are put up, you know, it's not as complex as that, but knowing yeah. who to talk to and what order can get you into places. Yeah. Yep. 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 But yeah, uh, you, you get, uh, I think Navarre gives you some uh, EMP grenades, which are really helpful. Um, they're not mm-hmm. fully useful yet because you're not going out, you know, you're not encountering too many drones, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good way to diffuse the situation. This is one of those times where I, where I actually did do some quick saving and quick loading because I fucked it up so much and mm-hmm. there, there's no real actual consequence for fucking it up. You can, you can blow up the platform and still get to hell's kitchen. Yeah, from 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 Battery Park, but like Paul, who is your who is your conscience, right? He's your yeah, and he's and he's also your brother. Yeah, he's, who's your conscience, but he's also like this is your you know your one familial. You're an orphan. It's set up early on that this is the last family you have left. Right. Yeah. So just kind of like, oh man, he wasn't happy with the, with the way I did that. So I reloaded so I could so I could get some praise, but there there wasn't. It was just kind of like, oh, we need to get the generator down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, he if you if you don't do it well, he doesn't like it. I right. feel like yeah. Um, he he doesn't give you praise, but there's actually um, I just read this. I was reading about um, different permutations on ways you can do things in this game, and if you get onto the subway car without doing anything about the yeah, terrorists, that, that happened to me. That's oh, you're able to, like, which is a hilarious way to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, later, guys, gotta go fast. Um, <laughs> what does he say at that point? <laughs> you get chastised for just not doing anything about the situation. Yeah, he's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. That has to make the NSF feel impotent. Yeah. Like, like he's like set up all these bombs. There's like Later one bombers. guy just measuring. Why didn't measuring we break the, the door to blow? That we gave them, <laughs> we gave them a way out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're like jigsaw. And they just have to give you a way out so it's not technically murder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're um, getting all their legal advice from those movies. Yeah. No. So, so, so what happened to me and like what, what, what made that arise? So you get out and I was like sneaking around. I didn't kill all of the terrorists, but I killed enough to be able to talk to, uh, talk to the mail bum mm-hmm. and, and the mail bum who yeah, delivers um, your parcels. Yeah. They prefer to be called postage bums. Displaced carriers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, uh, so it's kind of like you said, go, go to the door when I open it. Okay, cool. And I opened it, and he didn't go. I was like, okay, so maybe it's just like flagged. I'll get on. Like, I get to, I get to Hell's Kitchen. And he's just not fucking there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just because the AI didn't like see it in there. And when I finally figured out, like, oh, you have to babysit them into it. It's like, oh, so this makes it so I have to kill all the terrorists. Yeah. 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 Or I mean, or stun them all if you're playing through as like well, well, a, yeah. an NSF so, sympathizer. Take them out to neutralize them. Yeah. We'll probably use those interchangeably multiple times. Yeah. I just wanted to get on the record that they're, when we say that. They're functionally the same. Make them not an issue anymore. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, when you get off the subway, you enter, and I was thinking about it. This might be my favorite video game level. It's real good. It, it, yeah. is, it is really, really good. The only thing that dampens it is how, how much you come back to it. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, and, and they do some changes, and it's, it's a little bit different. And they do like a revisiting an area you've already been to way better later in the game. Um, I would agree with that. But this first time you're in Hell's Kitchen, there's just like so much to do yeah. here and like so many moving parts. Yeah. This, um, this is adventure game to the max. Like you like you get out and then, you know, your intel says like you're trying to find this generator and people might know about it. You might want to check in X, Y, or Z. And mm-hmm. any one of them will give you the information that you need, but they give you incomplete pictures of it. Yep. And so you have to go around investigating and kind of doing these little uh, side, you know, subquests in order to get like the full like, okay, here is where the lift is. Here's the code for the lift. Oh, there's this window into a basement that you can get into. Yeah, it's like, and, and and you know, you are you know encountering different parts of this resistance and the and the uh, like the underculture of this uh, of of this strange new world um, mm-hmm. in order to get that. And there are lots of things that are happening that are independent of the macro plot. Right. So, like, there's little things like, you know, a, a prostitute. And it's, I mean, it's kind of related, but, like, there's a the whole bit with JoJo. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and uh, which is one of my favorite, like, boy, this, you know, your delivery really works here. Because, like, JoJo is uh, uh, holding up a, a girl. And, uh, you know, you can just go up to him straight up and threaten him. And, like, if you've been... It sounds really, you know, if you've been murdering people right then, you just say, like, get out of here before I add your name to the NSF casualty list. Mm-hmm. And then you start doing the, the countdown, you know, <laughs> and like, and it works really well. And like, you, it's real badass. Like, mm-hmm. everyone, I sometimes will feel, uh, I got, you know, dumb being taken in by things being badass. Like, I feel like that's not <laughs> an articulate enough way to, 
to describe something. Mm-hmm. But that that's what it is. Like, and there's another moment that happened later in this playthrough, and it was the first time I actually did it, and it was awesome. And I was oh. like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Um, I, I waited until until he said what he had to say. Like, I was going to be like, oh, this is probably a, a pimp. Uh, you know, laying down the law with his with 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 his uh, lady of the night, mm-hmm. and then when it became apparent, I was like, okay, I'm gonna stun him. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna and, stop him from doing this. Yeah, and she's uh, sh- she is the daughter of the uh, person who owns the hotel. Yep. And I just realized that's not JoJo. It's not. Like, that's it's another John. guy. It's, it's, yeah, it's, John. Yeah. I got confused. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't. So don't want anybody to freak out. Then yeah. JoJo comes later. Yeah. So. I didn't want to correct you because you've played this more than me. <laughs> So. Yeah, no, no, no. You're you're right. It would have been a good thing to correct me there. Yeah, uh, before people corrected me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so the, just like we we mentioned the hotel there, you know, one one of the things that you can do at the start that can really give you uh, a, a benefit is to go to Paul's suite, mm-hmm. um, not Paul's boutique. Yeah, yeah. Well, that can oh. give you a benefit as well. Yes. <laughs> um, give you yeah. uh, everyone a benefit. Yes. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, you, you can go there and uh, through the ludicrous lack of security, um, <laughs> yep. get, get get access to his stash. Security like, codes in this game are great. Yeah. There, there's later in the game, there's an MJ12 security code that's two digits and the password is 12. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. The uh, yeah. And he, he tells you on like a, a data cube. That's also, those data out. cubes. That's like a Star Trek Next Generation thing mm-hmm. where it's like this Palm Pilot, but then it stores like 70 characters. Yeah. You know, like that's it's just a single function thing. The, the, these 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 completely disposable things that are just left about willy nilly. Yeah. It might as well just be like a post-it note. Yeah. But it's like this. It looks like it costs, you know, it looks like a Game Boy Advance. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, his you can also get a lot of you know this is the first like I mean I keep saying it's the first it's not the first you get another uh, hint that Paul's not on you know that he's not on your side because he tells you hey if they haven't set up your email yet feel used to feel free to use mine mm-hmm. and uh, you can look and there's some shadowy stuff going on there yeah yeah including uh, like so was that one email him ordering pornography. There were there were movies and one of which is um, it's like See You Next Tuesday, which is a common line in John Landis movies. Oh yeah, and the other one is Blue Harvest, which was the code name for uh, 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 Return of the Jedi or yeah, Empire yeah. Strikes Back or Star Wars. Yeah, it was yeah, it was Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like a little reference. There are a lot of things like that in here, mm-hmm. um, most of which are lost on me. But like popular conspiracy and popular cyberpunk novelist and and writers and stuff are referenced in a lot of things right. in here. Yeah, I I love all of the conspiracy theory stuff in here. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I I haven't run across my favorites, which are chemtrails, the Hollow Earth, and the lizard people. But I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, mean, I can't remember where the point which you stopped playing, if it was before or after um, going to uh, the like the Illuminati guy's apartment. Um, but you'll love that. <laughs> that's one of my fa- like all time favorite. Like that's a great like breather level. Yeah in this game and, and we'll talk about it next time and it's awesome yeah um, but like i love that like majestic 12 is a thing yeah <laughs> like, and the characters start the characters start making kind of cogent arguments like you can i don't go in for conspiracy theorizing mm-hmm. like i i the, the big thing you know the, my, the number one argument that defeats all conspiracies to me is that like people are so fallible yeah that any of these things would require you know hundreds and hundreds of people keeping a secret mm-hmm. which i just don't believe and not having proof and it just seems so unlikely yeah to me, but they start, you know, just kind of making sense. And this game uh, well, folds in enough real life stuff. 
to give this lend this air of veracity to it. It fo- it folds in enough real life stuff, but like the game, like the premise of the game is what if all of that shit was true? Your primary right. your your primary mode of conveyance in this is a black helicopter, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are <laughs> men in black that literally show yeah. up. Yeah, I'm um, shortly after. But like then when they say things like you know. I can't remember the exact stat, but like nine out of the last 10 presidents were members of the trilateral commission. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look it up. It's like, Oh yeah, I guess that that's actually a thing. Yeah. You know, um, like you could almost, if this game was made now with like real time, like Wikipedia link uh-huh. stuff, like if it was one of those, those experimental, like meta, you know, contextual games that never work, mm-hmm. they, you know, they tease it every couple of years where it's like, this game is going to send you text and yeah. send you emails and stuff like this would be a rad game for that. Yeah. One of those was actually called majestic. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was the big one. That was the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the name. Yeah. Always wanted to play one of those, but it was like they, they they came out and died before I like if that yep. came out now, I would totally do it. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I mean, it's just a, yeah. But they would be all like in app purchases and uh, you know uh, uh, Zynga time limits yeah. on played and stuff like they would be ruined. Related. Have you played Code Runner? Um. Is that is that the iOS game where you're like a coder and you're um like unveiling that conspiracy, like hacking into government stuff slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's secretly an exercise game. It's real fun. Like it, it uses the GPS and it's like, walk to the, walk to this corner on this intersection. Um, and no. then when you're, when you're there, you do like a little hacking mini game and then it's like, Oh, they're onto you. They're onto you. Um, you know, just be, be, be real and conspicuous as you like walk and like make your way to this point. Oh, the drop point changed, go here. And so it's meant to be played in kind of dense urban areas. I've done it a little bit since I moved into a more walkable neighborhood, but it's, but it definitely has like that feel you're like, you're walking around and it's like doing this weird, like geocaching, you know, it, it, it makes you feel paranoid that people are watching you because you are acting really, really weird. <laughs> that, I just, I just Googled that. That looks rad as shit. Yeah. That's not the thing I played. Yeah. Do it. That it's looks really, it's really, cool. really, really good. That looks awesome. Yeah. Um, Really neat. So I don't, I don't know that I have to give this disclaimer, but I don't actually believe in hollow earth or <laughs> chemtrails or any of that. You know, I, I'm interested in that in the same way that like a high schooler is real interested in serial killers, just like yeah, as yeah. a curiosity. Or, or the way that Gary is really interested in serial killers. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's, it's, it's fascinating because it's a fringe thing. Yeah. You know, because it's unusual. Like novelty is a good enough reason to have interest. Yeah. And interest does not equate to. Your predilection. Like whenever I explain to a coworker what a furry is, <laughs> I get this response where they're like, ooh, Gary's into some kinky shit. Yeah, and yeah. That, no, that, I'm that, just interested in it anthropologically. That, I don't want to have sex with someone dressed as an animal. God damn it. That, like, the, same, the same thing happens to me at work too. Yeah. It's where, just like, come on, people. Where, where, where knowledge is mistaken for enthusiasm. Yeah. Yep, exactly. The internet. Um so the uh, we, boy, so we were in the hotel. Um, <laughs> we meet the Rentons, which I like that as like a weird human connection. Mm-hmm. Like you know these people and their buddies right. with you. Like Paul says, "Hey, you know the Rentons, right?" Like yeah. And uh, it's a, it's a, a father and a, a daughter. You talk to her at the uh, the hotel or at the bar. Yeah, I think, and she hates her dad, and her dad's worthless piece of shit. And you have some agency in how their relationship plays out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um. You're introduced to this whole weird Zyme subplot, which I can't remember if that gets picked up later, but it's like it's crack. Yeah, it's it's or, crack. Or Valkyr yeah, for, for Val- this game. Yeah, exactly. It is Valkyr, but you know that that plays into the conspiracy theory that you know man-made drugs are released to subdue the population. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's it's really uh, like the, like stumbling into that room. Where mm-hmm. you know you have to you have to lockpick into it. It's like, oh, what's going to be here? I'm going to find maybe some multi tools or maybe some. Oh, it is a dead couple. It's yeah, a dead couple, a couple with drugs strewn around them. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the another real eye opener and just kind of like painting the picture of this grim, shitty world is when you go to the clinic. Um, did you go to the medical clinic? It's all yes. in the notes. Okay. Yeah, I, I went to the medical clinic and uh, just like all of the, you know, hyper commercial medical stuff. Yeah, exactly. The, the, like the it, posters as well. Like body reclamation yep. is the last one for like uh, like drug control or something like that. <laughs> exactly. <Yikes>. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just the whole like it, like idiocracy style. Yeah. You know, it's so expensive mm-hmm. and these people are, are, are suffering so much. Um, you might want to get in there. Like I like uh, doing the, the favor for the guy um, and getting the code for the, uh, the room with the medical bot in it because medical bots are real useful. Right. Um, and because they're the only people that can install nanobots mm. or nano uh, augmentations. <laughs> right. Yes. They're the only ones that can, that, that can install micro machines. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't spend too much time in there except to, you know, just soak in as much of this game as possible. Yeah, there's not much there other than just kind of like that's never an objective mm-hmm. to go there ever in the game. Like right. it is always flavor. Right. And uh, the other thing that's really interesting is you can start hearing um, tell of this guy named uh, Smuggler. Right. Um, the smuggler, ding, 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 smuggle you back to health. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you can get the, the code and he is a arms dealer. Um, yeah. Which like he's not useful as a merchant. Like the economics of this game are real weird. Yeah. There's no like actual store that you go. You just like talk to somebody and they give you an option to buy something and you have no idea a, what that thing is, what it does, how it compares to the thing that you have, or if the price that they're offering is fair. And the prices are wildly inconsistent. Right. For what they are. Like some things you do know what they are. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, a grass grenade. I know I want that. Right. Um, but like you, it's usually if you see something you want and you can afford it, buy it. Because you're not, you're never going to like, you know, buy the adamant armor at the end of the game for $5,000 from, you know, the, the blacksmith. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just, the money's there to be spent. Whenever you can. God, I want to do Final Fantasy Four for this show. <laughs> Sorry, we, we will eventually. I know. Yeah. <laughs> All things um, in due time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, especially if you're hacking, like, hacking is just like saying I'm going to make up for my lack of other skills just by buying my way out of the problem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing with Smuggler that's awesome though is that uh, it opens up, like, he tells you, like, hey, if you want to... And then you have to get this through a conversation tree. Right. Like, you say, like, oh, that's a little pricey. And he's like, well, maybe we can work out a discount. I got a buddy named Forge Stick. He's been missing. He's in the sewers. And maybe you noticed the sewer that you couldn't get into earlier, but you couldn't right. get into it. There's no key. Um, maybe you assume you're going to do it later, or it's another way to get in the generator. Mm-hmm. No, it's this whole big, huge dungeon <laughs> that is 100% optional. Yep. Like there is unless you just want more of the world and to play more game. And we said it a thousand times, like the best reward in a game is more game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a, such a cool reward for exploring. Yeah. You know, um, and it's the first time you're tangling with MJ 12, which turned out to be the principal antagonist. Yeah. I love how it's a preview of that and how ominous it is that Alex is like, I got nothing. I have no idea what this is. Yeah. This is not like, a name map. I don't recognize those uniforms. Right. Like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's so cool. Yeah, it's a pretty you know it's a pretty simple 
little micro dungeon. Yeah. You know, it's not like a full force thing, but I just, I, God, I love optional shit like that. The, there are a couple of things that I, re- that I really like about it. Uh, the first is, you know, since you're playing, since I was playing as a hacker or am mm-hmm. playing as a hacker, uh, this is the first opportunity that you get to hack cameras and um, mm-hmm. also hack turrets. So you can set it to attack, you know, to, to attack enemies in probably the most vague nomenclature possible. Yeah, yeah allies. Yeah, attack. attack like who's allies? Yeah. Is this from the perspective of the camera? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's a that, that that is a wonderful uh, a wonderful bit of ambiguity. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's your it's your first kind of experience with that. Um, additionally, the nice plot point here is, uh, you know, some of the bulletins that you get by reading the, uh, on the public term- terminals talk about like the chlorine spill and how the water is not safe and et cetera, et cetera. That is entirely intentional. And M- MJ 12 is doing that here. Yep. 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 <laughs> and it's such a cool, like they could have just left that as like a mysterious loose end. Yeah. But the fact that if you explore enough, you actually get to see what did it, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening. That's so good. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just, God, games do this. <laughs> um, so, so, since I mentioned the bulletins, I didn't get a chance to say this earlier. I love how the bulletins are all written from, like, a voice with an agenda. That, like, yeah. if you're skeptical of, you know, news, as as you should be, um, <laughs> it's just, like, mm-hmm. um, it's it's wonderful. My favorite one is, uh, like, be safe, be suspicious. Is, yeah. is what the title is talking about, like <laughs> keeping an eye out for terrorism. And the takeaway is that you have to look for foreigners with different philosophies who are taking photos of various landmarks, yep. which like <laughs> leads me to like, to like to picture Stan Smith, just like tackling a Japanese tourist <laughs> because he believes in Shintoism and he's taking yeah. a picture of the remnants of the statue of Liberty. <laughs> that's ex- that's exactly. And that's, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yep, it's, yep. it's, it's such wonderful flame. <laughs> and like this is pre nine eleven, Gary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's so, it's so. Uh, it's like uh, exactly what our world yeah. is. Yep, 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 yep. God. Uh, so, so eventually, you go into this warehouse. You find out through kind of like gathering clues that they're going to have to have a generator in a large area. You talk to people. They say, "Oh, there's a warehouse district." Blah blah bloop. Um, and you go through the warehouse. You can kind of the, the beginning of the warehouse is now no great shakes, but the big thing you're trying to do is get, get to this rooftop mm-hmm. area, um, which I see in the notes. Like it looks like it didn't work out for you. Like this was my sniper's heaven. Like yeah. I killed all these people from a thousand yards away. I didn't have enough points and rifles. At the, you know, at, at this mm-hmm. point, like I, I had. Okay, I had, I had used all my upgrade points to uh, to get to the point where I could hack turrets, which mm-hmm. is of no use here. Um, and mm-hmm. I didn't have enough to like make myself. I forget if it was trained or like level two or three. I didn't have enough points to make myself competent with rifles. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was really just like an exercise in me aiming and missing. (laughs) Well, then, I mean, so I would I would say like at that point you should go. You should not be sniping. Like it's set up. It's a good area for sniping, but you don't have to because you can sneak it. Like there's little areas of the buildings you can get into. Yeah. You know, stealth is always an option. Mm-hmm. in the game like you can always like the guards have really predictable routes you're silent when you crouch down right i can't remember if you've gotten the um the leg augmentation here at this point not at this um, point you get that later. okay yeah but like a pro tip for that if once once you get that is never choose the silent running one mm-hmm. because if you choose the speed up one just crouch and you'll you'll move at the same fat speed you would running well fuck. if you cr- crouch <laughs> and and use the leg augmentation so then you can use it to sprint and to uh to move stealthily you yeah. never make a noise crouched over. Yeah. Uh, um, you're fine. I mean, yeah. one, one augmentation that's suboptimally chosen is not a big deal at all. Right. Um, 
but like I would say, I mean, I understand like it's frustrating that they give you this sniper's paradise and then like mm-hmm. you're not good at sniping. Yeah, yeah. I, but later I, I, they I, give you an area that's like a hacker's paradise and maybe you're not good at hacking or yeah. maybe you are rather. That's true. But like we, we, we complained about uh, we complained about some parts of Vampire because of that, where just kind of like this area is obviously optimized for this kind of play and punishes you for not doing that. Whereas where, In- whereas they it should be a little bit more nuanced than that. In Vampire, I feel like you are more unduly punished, though. Yeah. Like, there are areas of Vampire where you straight up cannot, like, you cannot complete the last 20% of Vampire without a heavy combat emphasis. Right, right. Right, like, you need a way to kill people. It should probably be, like, a really powerful melee weapon mm-hmm. or, like, a flamethrower. Right. You know, where you're kind of fucked. Like, the uh, this one, it's like, you know, there's. I feel like there's always fallbacks. Like, you can always do stealth. Mm-hmm. You can always do, you know, if you have, like, a, a pistol... You can go guy by guy and, and just shoot people in the head as you approach them right. and, and probably make it. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's, it's I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like it's it's a you know, maybe it's not a step towards every single situ every single section of a stage being handleable by everything. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot closer to. Right. You know, I would say. Um, but yeah, you get to the, the rooftop and uh, you or you disable the generator in the basement. What are you doing here? It's like on, it's like here? on the third floor. So you have to say so, so you so you get there and then you ha- so you you get to, I got to it from the rooftop anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. You descend to it and then you you deactivate it and then really it's just an escape because oh the, you, the, yeah this is this is the uh, I forgot about this. this is the place you go back to later yeah. the NSF uh, like warehouse the four story warehouse mm-hmm. where you get down in the basement to blow up the generator yeah and it, it's they they conveniently surrounded their generator with explosive barrels because why not. Because, 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 duh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you're trying to be non-lethal, that's a real bad idea. Yeah. But if you don't care, you can shoot that from a distance and blow up the whole bottom floor. Yeah. I went and got, I, I got all up ins, um, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to, to deactivate it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like the whole goal here was to take out their EMP field, which was, I think, keeping you from being able to spot the Ambrosia. It was, it was keeping, uh, Paul's team from going in. Right. Right. Like making a raid. So you're trying yeah. to cut the power. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then so you go back, um, you know, you think you're going to go back to Unaco, but Paul fucked up. Yeah. And we realize he didn't really fuck up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, command thinks it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're heading towards a, uh, a sewer subway level. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. So you, you, you go back to Narsh, I mean, back to Battery Park. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, <laughs> you go back to the same subway platform that you were at before. The game um, has multiple narches. Yeah. Like, as if you know what, like, it's hard for me to find flaws in this game. One thing I would say is they do reuse a lot of areas mm-hmm. um, without as much. And mostly in the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't happen very often in the second half of the game. The first half of the game, they do some reusing of areas, and there's not quite enough that's different about them. Right. But the nice thing about this battery park is it's not a combat zone. True. This is your breather zone. You're going around talking to people and trying to learn about these mole men. <laughs> yes, these mole people. They really yes. don't like being called mole people, but that's what they yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you just hillbillies want to be called sons of the soil. But it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, but but yeah, you you you're trying to warm up to Curly, which is and Curly the mole man. Yeah, Cole, Curly the mole man. <laughs> Coley the old man. What? Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, he, he, he ends up giving you the, I forget, is it a password to get down there? Everything's, everything is, uh, gated by a four digit code. 
It's a password, and the the mole men set up this like converted a payphone into an elevator. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a get smart elevator. Go get jobs, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like anybody would hire you. Yeah, <laughs> just show them the elevator phone yeah. booth you made. Like you know, a, a lot of people do work for free at least initially, but you put it on your you, you put it on your reel. <laughs> I'm just imagining that like I would go get a pickup truck, drive up to where these bums are hanging out. And be like, okay, I got $50 ahead. Who wants to make me a, a phone booth elevator? I want six in my house. <laughs> and then just get them all, you know, $50 for an honest day's work. And uh, have them all make uh, phone booth elevators in my house. Yes, I always wanted a bookcase that could spin around. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe Because, I mean, all the NFS, NSF, NSF bases have those. <laughs> There's so many secret passages in this. I, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly, you know, so you go down into the subway. Um, there's some kind of like, this is a big weird area. There's a gang mm-hmm. that has control over here. Yeah. Um, the rooks. there's a, you know, yeah, the rooks, there's like a junkie who's like selling drugs on the side. Um, all of it is, is, you know, secondary, but you can get, if you do these kind of side quests, you get equipment and, and skill points. Right. Um, I love this. I love killing the, the junkie and then going to the, the head rook. <laughs> and then just you know he's just like yeah i want you to take out that junkie and it's like i killed that scum like it's one of the times your your voice you know your even keeled voice works really well was was that the was that the one that you said no no, no i'll get to it and, and you'll like it too because we'll start talking about it here in a minute <laughs> okay I, let me see if it's in your notes huh um no it's not so i i i'm i do, you may not even know this is a thing and i i can't wait to explain it to you. <laughs> get ready audience yeah <laughs> uh, I, I feel like i took a pretty i took a pretty direct path through this um, man, being in the subway, like it's, it's, it's weird to be homesick for a place that you only live for three months, but like, it made me want to go back to New York mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, here's the subway again. You know, I spent does it, does it look, does it look appropriate? Yeah. Like our architect, architecturally it's appropriate. There, there, yeah. there are far less vagrants, um, <laughs> like less, fewer rooks. Yes. Fewer rooks. Uh, I was, uh, like when I first started, when I first played fallout three, I was surprised <laughs> to find, like I'd only been DC once, but I was in the subway. Yeah. And like find that they're accurate, mm-hmm. you know, subways. And you spend a lot of time in fucking subways in that game. Yeah, the the, the stations like, are all accurate and things yeah, like that. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I always I like that. You know, mm-hmm. the, those nods toward, uh, you know, like let's let's make this feel like the actual place that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Assassin's Creed is a really flawed series, but that is one thing they knock out of the fucking park. Yeah, um, yeah. but um, let's see here. What am I thinking of? The kind yeah. of the kind of the big yeah. I mean, the big thing. So you you there's a code in the woman's bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, which, which you spend I, a lot of time in the women's bathroom in this game. Yes, you do. Uh, so, so like, I, I'm pretty proud on my initial playthrough, like, so long ago. Like, I noticed, like, I, I like something's weird. This stall isn't right. There's no toilet here. And, you know, because I'm walking around crouch most of the time anyway, because you find a lot of really valuable stuff just on the ground in random corners and places. Mm-hmm. Um, opening up your mouth to shine your light so you can find the oh. item. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's scary. I don't no, – it doesn't – it seems funny now but mind's eye it's really spooky yep <laughs> i was like oh what's this keypad i wonder oh. if I, <laughs> I forget if it's an if, if it's an infinite strength one or not but uh but yeah it's like huh neat like this is one of those it's like an oblivion where you, you know you're you're you, there's always like the the shortcut out of a dungeon that takes you back up but mm-hmm. you can open up that shortcut if you just find it out in the world around around this landmark it felt like that where it's kind of like oh this means something later and i just found it by exploring which is one of the best feelings you can get in a game honestly yeah yeah absolutely and uh yeah and if you don't um you know if you want someone to tell you this you do this little side quest for the mole people yeah which like where you turn back on their water Mm -hmm. um which why wouldn't you because they're solid bros yeah 
Um, the coolest thing, I, when you get down there and you actually get where the NSF, you know, and the more <laughs> yeah. people have a real, like, you know, attitude where it's just like they're not hurting anything. Right. Like, they're not allies of the NSF. They're not harboring them. Right. You know, different ones have different opinions. But my favorite touch in this is when you actually get to the M- NSF commander, he he surrenders. Yeah. And, like, he's just like, I'm not a soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm a reservist. Like, think of the Army, Army Reserve. Like, I'm just yeah. an accountant. I don't want to fight you. Right. You know, and there were hints and, up until then, like they're like, you know, when, when you're in the mole people, there are ones who are talking about there are ones who are talking about like, oh, man, I think I'm going to join up, blah, blah, blah. Like they're recruiting from the downtrodden. Yep. And yep. and they are also like some of their battle barks are like, man, two weeks of training wasn't enough for this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I love yeah. what like that's such a good detail. Like yeah. they are a shoddily put together, yeah. you know, kind of like, kind of army that, uh, you know, are true believers. And, and mm-hmm. a good cause. Yeah. Um, you eventually come out into this airfield and this kind of long, you know, you go through some tunnels. Um, you end up in this airfield chapter, which is pretty extensive. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, this is a long level. Um, and this is probably the longest the game goes without like a, a good breather mm-hmm. section. Um, you know, you're trying to find Ambrosia. There's not, you know, you get the lore is kind of doled out here as well. Right. Um, I kind of dislike dislike the area and the airfield with the four towers in the corner. Right. I never like, investigated those at all. There's just um, there's the kind of sniper towers. There's no people up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can if you have um, uh, the hacking ability to hack turrets, mm-hmm. it can be useful to sprint up to those doors, like get in real quick, and then hack the turrets because they'll take out the security bots. But this time I couldn't really be bothered with it, and I just went to the you know, through the area into that guards barracks, which I really like that level. Mm-hmm. Like going in the back way of that guard barracks yeah, yeah. is real fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are inexplicably guards with, uh, with, with, with flamethrowers, yeah. um, which the, the, the least efficient weapon ever, <laughs> but getting set on fire in this game really, really fucking sucks. So, so does getting tranquilizer darted. Yeah. Like your tranquilizer darts barely seem to do anything to people, but mm-hmm. like, so you have a, your, you have a targeted health system. Like each part of your body has a health meter. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, uh, the toxins just affect your torso. Mm-hmm. So like anything that's concentrating, like focus fire on one part of your body is going to be, a, you know, big trouble. Yeah. Like, uh, and you can, there are consequences too. Like if you're using a two handed weapon and you break one of your arms, like you're not using that anymore. Right. And uh, what mm-hmm. most often happened to me is I would take kind of a big fall or an explosion yeah. go off and break, break both my legs <laughs> and I'd walk around like dwarf. <laughs> until I can like, get some med kits. Yeah, I just I, I love that. Like uh, they just uh, that that most commonly happened to me, and I just picture him. I just picture JC just like just with this determination, like crawling yeah. his way down his stumps, like his bloody stumps. Yeah. I'm imagining three JCs on each other's shoulders to sneak into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little rascals. My, uh, um, my 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 favorite bit about being caught on fire <laughs> is um is that you suffocate. It does O2 damage to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know I, why I, that tickles me so much, but it does. I mean, just discovering new things about this game even today. Like I posted on our Facebook that when you smoke in someone's face, it does O2 damage to them. Yeah. And you can smoke enough cigarettes to suffocate them and kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Making Absolutely a statement. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Secondhand smoke kills when you're an augmented agent. Yeah. Um, when you want it to. Yeah. Um, that guard bunker I really like. We didn't mention just real quick in that last guard area in the airport, the uh, secret passage opened up by the pinball machine. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that? I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go through the guard bunker, you get to the uh, where the 747 is, and instead of you know facing a boss fight, 
um, you find out that Paul is defected. And right. I mean, you knew it at this point. You're, you know, you're going in to, to, you know, partially to go to go get him, um, and or check in on his his mistake. And he wants you to talk to this uh, this Lebedev guy, right. who will convince you. You know, he says he has proof, but the conspiracy. And uh, this is this is still not the point in my Boy Scout playthrough. I'm still like, nope, these guys, these guys are terrorist scum. Mm-hmm. All because I want to do something that comes up in the the jailbreak. But if you're playing it like you are playing it, what happens? How did this play out for you? Well, this played out kind of frustratingly for me, actually, because I was ready to believe what Lebedev said. Just kind of like, and it's neat. Like you talk to him and then Navar comes in to make sure that you finish the job. And mm-hmm. he's like, and you can just like basically, I picture, you know, didn't saying, wait a second. What do you like? Well, what's that? Like holding her off and you're learning more. He says like stuff about your parentage, like, you know, mm-hmm. saying like you're being used. Don't you see, et cetera, et cetera. And like it all rings true based on everything that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. You know, with Simons and like, you know, you can hear you can hear Simons interrogating the NSF um, guys yeah. a little bit earlier. It's kind of a, a hidden scene that you get chewed out for because you're not supposed to be down there when it's happening. It's kind of like, wait, wait. And if you and if you talk to him too much, Navarre just starts opening fire on both of you. Mm, and I, yeah. I know that you can do this to where, you know, you can save Lebedev's life and kill Navarre, uh, you know, uh, before she kills him but just like in i would say like maybe 10 times i tried doing it i was never able to kill navar and get myself out alive i didn't so much care i didn't so much care about lebedev being alive just that i wasn't the one who killed him but right. uh, but navar is just super super tough and i didn't have the the ballistics um the, the ballistics mod yet yeah and, and that ends up being like crucial to you know fighting her um, and so like the, like the, like the neat part, like I, I did manage to, 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 to do enough damage to her. However, anybody who has those mods explodes on death, Yeah, which I like as a touch to be like, nope, you can't have my mods. Boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So don't you think, but I mean, I understand that's frustrating, but don't you think that it's kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like I kind of like that narratively that it's really tough to go against this person yeah. at this point. Like, I like it in principle, but it was just kind of like I decided what I wanted to do, which is, okay, Yudako is bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. I trust this guy. Not only am I not going to kill him, I'm going to try and take out the person who was trying to kill him as well. Yeah. Right? Like, that. that like that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I appreciate that it was hard intentionally and just like that. That That isn't, you know, like just like that. That, that is, you know, a premium outcome. And you have to. Yeah. Because you know, you're kind of sequence breaking. Yeah. in a way by doing that because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you can beat her. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, and it's, and I've done it both ways. Like this time I didn't, cause this time I'm like, Hey Anna, let's shoot this stupid idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, like the easiest way is to set traps for her. So you can set like a trap in the hallway. So when she mm. comes up, she gets blown up or gassed immediately. That's the easiest way, but I've beat her legit. It's difficult. Like I'll, I'll agree that it's super difficult, Yeah, but it's, it's possible to do. Yeah. So like, I mean, I guess like your contention is more that it's too difficult. Yeah, I, I, I suppose that's what it was like. It, it, it was so difficult as to make me think that it was impossible, which seemed that it was really out of the ordinary. It wasn't until I went back and did some reading and found out that it actually was possible, just really hard. So yeah. what you're hearing is like my initial my, my initial impression of it, which is, yeah, this is bullshit. This game shouldn't take that choice away from me. Yeah, yeah. which I understand. But the uh, it is it is like I would. I think of that as like a, as a sequence break, yeah. In a way, like killing killing Anna Navarra there, um, you know, is something that you have to plan for because she's I mean she's way more experienced than you, mm-hmm. which is really all it really is, especially when you fight her later. Like right. you said, the ballistics mod makes a big difference, right? Um, and if you're not using one of your bulletproof vests, 
that you carry around and is in ridiculous that you. you're carrying around. Yeah, like six, you know, six or ten bulletproof vests <laughs> um, in you. Um, when you get back to so, and I, I just killed Lebedev in the face because fuck it, because um, <laughs> I don't, I don't tolerate terrorism. Um, like uh, so, the uh, you get back to Unatco, and I like that this is like a breather level, but it's also the t- the timber has changed so much, right, right, because your it's brother has real come out. Tense. Yep, it's real tense. Alex says, like, look, there's no hope for for Paul. Like, Manderly was listening in when when he talked to you, mm-hmm. which is real big brothery. Like, the fact that, like, Manderly can listen in on your, your comlink. Yeah. As well. If you kill Anna Navarra, Alex erases the tape of that part. Oh, nice. So he actually alters the record. But he's like, what the fuck did you do? Like, he's not on your side yet. Right. At that point, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But but like it's funny because later like killing Navarre is a prere- as a pre- prerequisite for him getting you out because he's yeah. afraid of her re- a retribution. Yeah, because she's going around like killing and interrogating people, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple of emails you can read about um, like excessive force. Yeah, um, on on their behalf, which is really great. Um, the uh, uh, and one of the things that's interesting is if because if you play like I have been as a Boy Scout, everyone is like. You know, sorry about Paul, but we know you're not going to do this. Like you fight yeah. for the the mission. Like nobody is casting any doubt on you. Yeah. And if I recall, like if you're kind of more pacifist, like they they doubt you a little bit more. Yeah, they do at this point. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, um, but um, I, I like the, I like the revelation of the of the kill switch because mm-hmm. because of the way JC says they activated what. <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. it is. It is it, like it is his attempt at outrage that just comes across as a louder version of monotone. Yeah, <laughs> he just gets louder when the, he's. They activated what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but a I, genuinely creepy idea. Oh yeah, they yeah. have this ability to like shut you down. It's like the Jurassic Park, the Lysine <laughs> contingency. Yeah. Um, you get that really good encounter with uh, Simons in the yeah. break room. Yeah. With like the I love that just like the little detail. Mm-hmm. Like he's getting headaches because he's keeping his bio levels too high. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like it's like a battery. If you keep it fully charged, it loses its zero point. Mm-hmm. Like what an awesome like little like just nugget of like real world detail. Yeah. That these characters would have to deal with. Like I love that encounter. Mm-hmm. It's really great. I also like that uh you find out that Walter Simons is the head of FEMA. Yeah. Which yep. again, conspiracy theory, bells going off, sirens, mm-hmm. and you know, like you 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 call him on it, like saying, like, don't you like send sandbags to flood victims, and yep. like, and he just like gives this really like menacing answer, like I get things done, Denton, or whatever, or it's, it's more like yep. I get things done, Denton. Yeah, uh, he, he's a he's a real he's a real uh, fucking Sith Lord. He, he, he sounds like um, what is it? The have you seen the Norton's furniture commercials? Is that, that sounds like a real spooky furniture commercial. Um, I'm going to put a marker here so you can watch it. These, the, the, he, this guy is a local. It's a it's a local Cleveland um, furniture store. Let me see okay. here. It's like a like a Northern Ohio thing. So these were airing during my childhood and actually are still airing today. Good news for people that have credit problems. <laughs> Northern Furniture is here for you. Oh my God! Now, <laughs> seriously. If you can't get credit in my store, you can't get credit anywhere. Oh. My name is Mark, and you can count on it. You gotta help me out with something. That's goddamn insane, Paul. <laughs> you grew up with that? Yep. It explains a lot, my friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> It's great, right? Wow. That's wonderful. But he sounds exactly like him. 
Yeah, that's he is. He's Walter Simons. <laughs> So yeah, the heat's on. Like you know, creepy voice, Mister Simons is uh, you know telling you to watch your back. You're seeing these uh, uh, men in black who are walking around. They've got this vaguely purplish skin um, and robot voices. Yes, like, and, and, yeah. So like you don't. It sounds almost like my uh, uh, what, what, what was it the um, Chozo voice a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit like Chozos. <laughs> just, 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 just a little bit. Um, but yeah, you're, you're told like, okay, you've got to go to Hong Kong for some reason, um, and you go out to your black helicopter. What's to assassinate Tracer Tong? Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's, right. It's Paul's contact in, in Hong Kong. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, you're because heli- that, they think that's where where Paul's gone. Oh like, yeah. You're, you're explicitly like, you know, trying to stop Paul now. They're setting you against your brother. Okay. Um, yeah, I, for, I forgot that. I forgot that little part. Uh, I was focused on the fact that uh, the alcoholic helicopter pilot that you found earlier. I love that so oh, much. What's his name? Choke. <laughs> um, uh, not choke. <laughs> what? Um, Jock. Jock. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, so you find invisible monsters over there, and yeah. um, and he. Uh, <laughs> so you you initially you encounter him in the bar. You say and he's like the pilot type guy is what his is what his identifier is. He's like, get me a beer, and he gives you information. Get me another beer. You know, more. He doesn't just give you information. He tells you the plot of the game. Yes, yes, he but does. But you don't like, have any reason to believe him at that point. Again, another Malkavian touch. Like, yeah, everything well, he says is correct. Again, another Malkavian touch in that isn't like like he is Kane, right? This is Kane. <laughs> he's he's he is a very cane like figure. Yeah, he doesn't have that much uh, uh, as quite as much significance. Yeah, but yeah, but, I mean, he he but, lays it all out. But you you encounter him later, like you like when you, like when you are being like chopper lifted out um, in the right. helo. Um, and, um, it was like, wait a minute, aren't you the, aren't you the pilot from the bar? And he was like, yeah, I got to knock back a few. You can't fly these when you're too tense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome, kids. <laughs> but, um, you know, just like you say, Hey, we're going to Hong Kong. And he says, no, we're going to, we're going to hell's kitchen. You're like, what? And, uh, he's, so is he working for Paul? Is he working for the NSF? I don't get the, I don't get what happens, why he is disobeying orders, but. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, like he's a you know, or at the very least, he's sympathetic. Right, right. I can't remember the exact uh, you know chain of events. Or it could just be like, hey, your brother's in trouble. You should probably go help him. Blood, yeah, yeah. Blood he, he's, a, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you get back to Hell's Kitchen, you know, it's it's frustrating that you come back here. Mm-hmm. What's a lot of the stuff you can check in on, you don't need to check in on. Right, right. So like, it's optional. Like going back and checking out and seeing what's up with Smuggler, like doesn't do anything. Mm, right. He's just smuggler. Um, there's kind of a scuttlebutt about a raid on uh, the Tan Hotel because that's where uh, Paul lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, did we we actually miss the uh, the situation in the hotel with uh, where JoJo comes or is that here? Uh, I'm not sure. That, I is, did, that I, is here. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's when you get here first because mm-hmm. they're talking about raiding the hotel. You leave and JoJo is going to uh, kill the Renton dad, and right. it's. Uh, so it's one of those situations where, like, the uh, he'll lose without your help, but if you just kill the guy, bad guy for him, he loses as well because his daughter loses all respect for him. Right. So you can you can empower him 
to win by giving him a good weapon right? Um, and, and helping him fight, which the way I like to do it is to stun Jojo mm-hmm. and just let him shoot him in the face while he's being prodded. <laughs> you, so. you, you get it started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, that's a little side quest. But the big thing is you run into Paul. His kill, his kill switch has been activated. Right. So he's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and the way that it happens is really insidious. He talks about like the nano machines being like uh, programmed for infinite reproduction. Mm-hmm. So you just get this idea of like just his cells being taken over by this like gray sludge. Yeah. Well, so uh, this this may I don't know anything about the plot, but I'm going to conjecture something. So the gray death, like the idea of nanomachines is, is, is inherently tied to gray goo, which is what of these things, you know, um, reproduce at such a rate that it consumes all biomass around it. And, you know, so is, is gray death, you don't even have to answer that. I think that gray death is nanomachines and that whatever plot they were talking about makes you gods is involved in controlling. If they have this ability to like make people die. At, at mm-hmm. command just by pressing this and then also a little bit later like they say wait a minute that's not possible you couldn't do that you have to have god level access then that person shuts up i forget who says it but yeah yeah well but, i won't i won't spoil it one way or another okay but the um so you know he's he's in rough shape and mm-hmm. uh, he says like look we have proof if you go to the nsf warehouse where you shut down the generator um there's like a basement that they don't get you know they're not going to get into but you have to get there before they search it and find it um you can find proof Right. Like, I will get you over to our side. Um, and you go back to that area, that, that warehouse, and uh, it's friendly UNATCO agents. Right. And this is kind of an interesting, uh, you know, level because you have a couple different ways you can do it. Like, if you are on Paul's side at this point, you can go in guns a-blazing. Right. Like, what I don't like to kill UNATCO agents because they're such nice guys. Right. So a really easy way to do this is to uh, stun everybody with the prod while they're still friendly to you. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, you know, put shit, everyone that to sleep would do it. Up. Yep. Yeah. Because they're not suspicious. You can walk right up. As long as no one else is watching, you can walk right up to their face and put a prod in their face oh. and put them to sleep. And you can make a whole, you know, room, you know building full of sleepy people <laughs> and then and then do the thing. And you get a, a unique message for it. Like if you put everyone to sleep, if you kill everyone, you get a message. If you put everyone to sleep, when uh, you get to the top and you, you know, you find out, you get the proof that mm-hmm. UNACO is on the take. You get up to the roof and you send out the message to warn the other terrorist cells. Um, you know, Walter Simons contacts you and then uh, if you knocked everyone out, he says, I'm trying to raise, you know, Colonel, what's his head on the radio? I can't do it. You were very resourceful. You were something like that. <laughs> what? Yep. Oh, that is awesome. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, he just told me I was an expensive mistake. He told me that too. He, he, he slips in as my, he's, I'm a resourceful, expensive mistake. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, and the other way, the other kind of pro tip for this is if you take in the leg augmentation that increases your speed, it also reduces fall damage. So after you set off the thing, you can jump off the roof and be fine if you activate that augmentation. Yeah. This ended up being a really harrowing escape for me, uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't subdue everybody on the way in. Uh, you know, I, I sent the message out, everybody turned hostile. And so like, it is a really, really long (laughs) fight and you know on on the way out if you don't if you don't have that like i didn't have it but i did have the ballistic uh resistance so Mm -hmm. what i did was i just you know ran as fast as i could i killed people until i got outnumbered and was like okay i'm out yep and then you could also uh or like a cool way to take care of this if you're doing if you're gonna fight your way back down the building is to set traps yeah because traps won't go off until things are hostile to you oh yeah i believe that's true if not you can put them in areas that are only gonna be passed by 
you know, by people explicitly trying to, to come after you. Right. And can kind of set up a defensive position in that comm tower. Yeah. With traps around you, which is real fun. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, oh, it was, I lost my train of thought. There's something about um, exiting that area. I can't remember. Yeah, just, yeah. But I'll, 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 I'll take us out of it. Don't yep. worry. I don't even mm-hmm. think we need to edit that. Uh, you yep. know, you're, you're <laughs> really like the takeaway is, you know, the, all of the uh, previously uh, friendly uh, UNACO uh, soldiers are now hostile. Uh, mm-hmm. There is, you know, there are walking tanks about there looking for you. Uh, yep. they're, they're, they, they want to take you out as quickly as possible. Uh, once you get outside of the, uh, outside of the comm tower, dying in hell's kitchen um, just like takes you to the next section. Uh, from, yep. from what I understand, you can get to the subway station where you find Gunter, right? I, I can, I, I remember what I was going to say, and I can out, lay out like the alternative path for this. Okay. So in original version of the game, like there's cut content where you could, you know, side against or side with you, Oh, wow. So you can not upload the signal and then go back to Paul and explain that you didn't do it in the original version of the game. And mm-hmm. that, that whole branching path never got taken. But at this point it's kind of like a, but thou must right, right. situation where you have to do it. Um, you make it back to the hotel, you explain to Paul and you say like, Paul, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. You're sick. Paul and men in black are storming the, the hotel. Um, the, uh, and it's one of the rare situations, like something this game doesn't do that I really love and they could have done it is you don't like set off an alarm and the game spawns more guys. Right. Right. Like those guys, there's just a set number of guys in a level. Right. You know, they never, they never do that. However, when you come back here, the raid has arrived for the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, men in black are coming in and this is a real pivotal point because if you, uh, if you don't make it back to the hotel, um, Paul dies. Right. If you get back to the hotel and you sneak out the back window without fighting guys, mm-hmm. Paul dies, but you can actually fight off the invasion right. of these guys and Paul will live, mm-hmm. um, with you and is available later in the game. Oh, wow. Which is real cool. Um, and he ca- canonically li- lives. He's in the second game. Um, so, and it's triggered, there's kind of a weird little hinky bit of, uh, programming cause it's triggered by leaving the front door of the Ton. So what I did is at this point, you know, being the pack rat I am, I have two camouflage vests, <laughs> which give you about 30 seconds of invisibility. Right. And I just make a run for it out the front. Oh yeah. And, uh, that's enough to make Paul get taken alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get back to the subway, you get back to the subway and you eventually get, um, you get to the middle of the subway and there's a, supposed to be a boss fight with Anne Navarre. Um, and that's, it's really tough. Like she's really hard and it's a bad place to fight her. Mm-hmm. But what I did, because I wanted to do this next thing is I ran all the way up to Gunter and he took me in and I, I surrendered. Oh wow. And then I woke up in, in the, uh, the UNACO jailbreak, which I think is a really cool revisiting of an area. Oh of the God. Game. I think this might be uh, of what I've played. This is my favorite part. Yeah. This is really neat. Yeah. But, uh, like the, the, the way it shook out for me, I went back to, I went back to the, uh, um, I went back to the hotel um i attempted to i attempted to fight my way there are three men in black but only the first one is kind of good um and yeah. then like one blew me up and i was like oh okay i'm done yeah yep, yep yeah which is how i mean you shouldn't just keep bashing your head right you know against something yeah. you know all the time like that's the that's the way to do it yeah um when you get here you're in a jail cell and uh they've activated your kill switch that happened mm-hmm. earlier too yeah. Um, but they say, uh, you know, the, this mysterious, like deep throat kind of figure Daedalus. comes online called Daedalus. Yep. Um, who turns off the power and lets you out and you have to do a kind of a prison escape. They take all mm-hmm. of your stuff and that's kind of a trope in these things, but I think this one's handled really well. Yeah. 
So they make you wait. They, they like they they sweat you out. Like mm-hmm. if 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 Navara is alive at this point, she comes and you know basically tells you you're going to fry or you know whatever. Well, that, so that happens. Like you have to get through the whole area with the armory and like the bot maintenance yeah. and stuff. Like you have an optional amount of like how much you want to dig into this level because like earlier, if you go through Unaco, you find this da- this sub basement door. Yeah, but you, and can't you can get never open it. it. Yeah. yeah. And this it's this whole research facility you didn't know was there. So mm-hmm. there's like this robot research thing. There's an armory that has like an experimental plasma gun. Yeah. In it. Um, and then the kind of cool like like the neatest part is there's like a, a bio lab. Yeah, where they're where making they these, gremlins. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're making gre- greasels. Greasels. Essentially gremlins. Yeah. But the the reason you want to go here is uh, if you saved Paul, mm-hmm. he shows up in this med lab. He tells you that the the bot uh, agents like are the less the non-nano agents also mm-hmm. have kill phrases, except they work instantly, and tells you the computers you need to hack into to get Anne Navarra's kill phrases. Okay. Kill phrase. So when you get up to the top part of Unaco, which is real cool because you're seeing all your buddies yeah. and stuff, and most of them are like, fine, they're like, just go. It, just uh, go. The, so so the, 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 there's something else about this, though. You don't realize oh, yeah. it's Unaco until you get out into the main Oh, place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is awesome. Like, That's a, I forgot about that. That's a really cool point yeah. of realization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get out and you deal with Manderly however you want. Like you come in and Walter Simonson is, is talking about transferring him to the library of Congress. Um, and I, 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 you know, you can kill him, you can stun him, you can do whatever you want and let him live. Mm -hmm. Um, you run into Jaime, uh, Ray's the doctor and that, that's an important choice. Um, did you have him come with you or did you have him stay and be a spy? I had him come with me. Okay. So that that's uh, <laughs> I uh, did wrong, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, no. That's actually like kind of mechanically. You lose a cool narrative thing that way, but you gain a mechanical advantage. Huh. Um, and you know, Alex, you're into Alex, which is kind of most meaningfully, and he says Anne Navarra is still out there. If you haven't killed her up to this point, right? Which you very easily could have. Um, he wants to get out, and uh, you go up and you you do a boss fight, and just for dramatic sake, you tell me what what your boss fight with Anne Navarra was like. Uh, it was in the it was in the uh, hallway outside of Manderley's office. I had uh, I had gotten the ballistic um, upgrade at this point, and really, you know, just I had used the you know whatever weapon mods I had to like make my assault ri- my assault rifle as powerful as possible. I had trained up in rifles at that point, and just it was kind of a battle of attrition. Whoever shot most first won, and um, I won. Yep, I hacked into her computer and found her kill phrase, and she pops up and starts like going on this like rant you and like she's like i'm gonna kill you and you go give it your best shot flatlander woman and she goes how did you know and then blows up the conversation and it's awesome that is great it's so badass and i've never done it before i knew you i did it with uh and there's a spoiler i guess but you you can do it like all the regular agents have kill phrases okay so gunther herman has one too and you can do stuff to dig it up right um but the uh I knew you could do it with hers, but I'd never done it before. Uh-huh. And it's awesome. Like, I love that so much. Like, yeah. you know, just through research, you can like avoid this fight and just talk someone into blowing up. <laughs> it's like planescaping. Yeah, it is. You know, like it, that's so good. Uh-huh. Did you, you didn't kill uh, Lloyd, did you? Private Lloyd, the guy who, the receptionist. No, Who's no. been like, the, because they, they do so much to make that guy a puppy. Yeah. Like it's when like, you first get there, he's like, it's my first day on the job too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I, I never kill. I, I just I ran past him. It was just kind yeah. of like, nope, you're going to live. You may not understand what I'm doing, but you're, you're going to live. Someday you'll thank me for it. Yeah. Lloyd. <laughs> Every day from now on is a gift, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this episode's kind of running long. I mean, we gloss over a lot of what you do in that underbase 
area. I mean, it's a lot of sneaking around vents and getting your stuff back. Yeah, like the, you know? the Daedalus, is, you know, Daedalus is obviously using you to a certain extent. Like, mm-hmm. so Paul died in mine, and and, and but before he would give me the code to get out. Um, I had to go and get visual confirmation that he was dead. So you have yeah. to go. You have to. You still have to go to the med bay and get, you know, and and look at him. And that's enough for Data to say, okay, you can go. He gives you. He gives you that code. So it's yeah. so it's immediately a really tense kind of kind of thing. Uh, there's a nice beat like when you first go and see Alex. It's kind of like you know, just like wow, man, you know, so he's Otacon. Gee, he's mm-hmm. Snake. You. He's and, very Otacon. I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, but he's a cool. He's he's a solid bro, just like Otacon is. Um, yep. And um, you know. <laughs> Because because JC's on the spectrum, he's like, "Oh yeah, thanks for the help back there, Daedalus." Yeah, like, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the exchange too because he's like, you know, he's a better hacker than me. You're, you know, that you're scaring me, and he's like, not as much as you're scaring me. Like it's <laughs> it's very like it's it's a nice little bit of dialogue that's yeah. delivered in a really uh, by two kind of bad actors. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and what, the reveal of what Daedalus is is really cool. Yeah, um, all of that and more will come in the next episode. Yeah, so you're on your way to uh, to Hong Kong. You mm-hmm. go out to the helicopter. Jock is there to pick you up. Gunther Herman swears revenge. He goes yeah. on your comm link and says, you know, he cannot forgive you for killing Anna Navarro and will hunt you to the end of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, that's wraps it up for Deus Ex for this part. So fucking good. It's like, it's I got I love this game. It's great. Like you know, I I love the stuff we did for the last episode. Um, or the, 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 the previous episode, like Tony Hawk was like, so like, re- like really good, you know, I fall into this trap where sometimes I feel like I'm playing, you know, like just to get something done. But mm-hmm. with this, it was like, I was gleefully, I, I gleefully played all this past weekend. It's yeah. just like, I want to, <laughs> you know, and the, the, uh, and you have a, a perfect, cause like, so the game, a lot of the plot has happened, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the big twist you know, like you're working for the, the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that That's already real as hand. The way that you specifically Cole Ross approach games <laughs> is going to lend itself well to in narratively enjoying the rest of the game. Oh, cool. Because there's like kind of, and this is probably where you gave up before, where you're kind of like, you run in, you get into this part where you're kind of doing missions. Right. Right? Like Hong Kong is really open-ended and has non-combat areas, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple areas in the game um, that we're going to cover next time where they're like just area, they're kind of dungeons, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, but the fact that you are like combing the computers and combing the, the data cubes and stuff for, for this like supplemental information and trying to get the full story, I feel like will serve you really well. Right. And that, so cool. I am really looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Like I, like, you know, I, I, I adore this fucking game. Yeah. Um, did you ever play uh, human revolution? Um, I played like the first couple missions of it. I liked right it. Up. I just, you know, like many like many games that I uh, start, I, I never finished it. So, yeah. Human yeah. Revolution is a real. I think that's a really good game. Yeah, and like a nice. Like I'm glad they finally did, and uh, and Dishonored too. Like we're talking about mm-hmm. you know successors to this. Like I'm glad that these these type of games exist still. Mm-hmm. You know that people are still kind of doing things with it. Yeah. Um. This one has you know like I mean like the we I think as a as a as we talked about kind of not liking cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Like we actually like cyberpunk, right? Like I, I don't think we dislike it. I think that like there are certain things about it that are silly. Yeah. But so many of the themes like we're pretty into, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's the, it's the aesthetics of it that kind of bother me Yeah, uh, more than anything. But like thematically, it's really a cool, yeah. cool fictional mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things I liked about human revolution, at least from what I have saw of it was like, it really focused on like the politics of, you know, augmentation. 
Mm -hmm. Whereas that seems like a really interesting, like side note to this, at least so far. Like um, this one handles it on a different scale. So like this one, instead of it being the politics of augmentation, it's like the human impact of augmentation. Mm -hmm. Like Gunther, Gunther's a really tragic character, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so this like person who like sacrificed everything to be, to make it to the top and then found out that the, you know, the top just moved up. Like, you know, they just moved the goalpost Mm -hmm. on him. Like that's really, that's really poignant and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, human revolution kind of does that, the political stuff, but it kind of drops it about halfway through. No, that's too bad. Like it doesn't drop it, but I mean, I guess it like handles it differently, kind of more poorly. Um, it's still, I still think that game's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to play dishonored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's mostly a play thing. Like that's not a story thing, but, right. um, yeah. I don't know. Just something about the way that these kind of games play just like works for me mm-hmm. in, a, in a big, bad way. Um, cool. So real, real quick note, I want to talk about, um, the PS2 version, which was the first way I played this game. Yep. Um, it makes a couple of interesting changes that are not for the better, but they still, it's kind of a different game. Um, you don't have the inventory management. Oh, really? So imagine the way you'd play the game with unlimited inventory. Um, that's how the PS2 version is. So that changes the, and then there are different areas that are kind of functions of the constraints of like level size. So some of the levels couldn't be as big. And they change the area and add some areas. Like I have a very distinct memory of in New York there being this kind of long hallway of storage units. Okay. That you walk next to and can break into that isn't in the PC version. Huh. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit different and still kind of works, but mm-hmm. it's not as good. Right. So like by no inventory, does it just like there is no inventory and, you know, whatever you pick up you, you have at your access? Or is it just that you're not playing Tetris with it? You're not doing any Tetris, but okay. you just have, you have, you scroll through. It's a little bit like zombies ate my neighbors. <laughs> like, uh, you, and it's, it's pretty unwieldy. Like you can't get to something real quick. That sounds horrible. With, it's, yeah, with how many it's, weapons you pick up with how many, yeah. with how much everything you pick up. Yeah. Yep. And, and you're picking up everything cause you have no impetus to make a choice. So like, right. you know, in this version, I have no use for a shotgun, mm-hmm. but I had, you know, the shotgun and every kind of ammo for it. Right. In that version. Blech. But it's still Deus Ex, so it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm sure the Gamecom version of Resident Evil is maybe worth playing. Maybe not that. That's kind of a, a big, you know, <laughs> what? A, that, 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 that's a why. That's maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. I'm sure. I'm sure the engaged version of Tomb Raider is worth playing. <laughs> well, okay, the iOS version of Final Fantasy three is worth playing. Okay. Or Final Fantasy four is worth playing. Okay, there like we it's go. not ideal, uh-huh. but it still is fine. Right. Um, you have been listening to and hopefully enjoying our uh, exhaustive <laughs> examination of the first half of Deus Ex. Yes. But uh, in lieu of our ordinary, you know, kind of audible thing, we have a, another plea for you. Uh, as you heard at the beginning, we do have a Kickstarter. You caught a lot of those pertinent details. But we would like to uh, uh, kind of uh, reveal some things here, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to that, uh, you know, and maybe when you first heard this, you press pause on your podcast and went, or maybe you're one of those super augmented humans that can both look at a web page and listen to a podcast. Yeah. And you already know this, but in case you are like a clunky old Gunther, like myself, or a, uh, a svelte Eastern European Anna Navarre, like Cole, then, then you, you need to wait for us to tell you what they are yeah. and we're ready to do it right now. So how do we want to approach this, Gary? <laughs> um, well, the number one thing is that, uh, you know, because we made our Kickstarter, you know, one of the things we started to try to support the show was uh, we came up with Abject Suffering. 
and uh, had the whole app, and you could download, you know, kind of do the trivia and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we, you know, because the support was so generous on your behalf, um, we are opening that show up. Yes. So that is going to get its own feed. It's going to be its own thing. Um, and so anybody who has tributed up until this point, I have a big list of your names and your email addresses, and I know where you live. No, um, uh, <laughs> you're going to get uh, the first episode of Watch Out for Sketches for free uh, because we love you that much. Um mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and for people who bought the app, we're going to put that out on the app itself, uh, so you're able to get it there, just to make it you know all fair and square for you, uh, because be, just because we don't want to kind of uh, you know kick sand in your face by making this thing that you've had you know free, like we want to be square bros, right? What's well, also you had like six months of access to it, yes, or what have you ahead of time, because they're gonna they're gonna come out in order, so like you know you're sitting around at the beach. You're talking to some Watch Out for Fireballs fan, and they're like, check this out. Yeah. These guys really don't like Aerosmith. And you're going to be like, fuck you. I knew that for months. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Um, so you still you still have that. We, don't, we do not want to fuck you over for helping us out. Right. By any means. So you're going to get this new thing that we are going to try to sell. We're doing another premium uh, you know, show because we still – you know, the reality is, is that like doing the show costs us money right now. We're trying to make it not cost us money. So we have to keep doing stuff. You know, to do that. Yeah. Um, but we're not trying to screw you over in particular right. in any way. Um, our other uh, cool surprise that we have that's only vaguely related to the Kickstarter, but we <laughs> wanted to talk about it, is during the next year, um, and we don't have the exact days for it, but we have two very special uh, episodes lined up with very special guests. So that whole abject suffering thing was meant to be our mid-month reveal to get a last push, but since you guys blew us away, we kind of had to sit on it for a little bit. But uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we're, we're really excited about that. We've said it a couple of times. We really think that abject suffering is some of our best work, um, and uh, we're, we're happy to uh, take that light out from under a bushel. Yeah, yep, and, and hopefully you like it, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing it because it's tons of fun to do. Right. So, yeah. And hopefully you'll like the uh, watch out for sketches. Yes. Yes. Um, What that is, in case you haven't paid attention to the Kickstarter page at all, is uh, us bundling the sketches at the beginning of the show and uh, doing commentary on them. So we'll play them and then we'll talk about the genesis, like ideas we had that didn't work, things that we like in retrospect, things we're embarrassed about. I mean, you know, they're not all winners. (laughs) We recognize that. Um, And then we're also going to tie in, like kind of fold in some documentary stuff about the, you know, like what we, you know, how the show started you know, what the process is and everything. Um, we like that stuff when other podcasts do it. So we're maybe projecting onto you, <laughs> you know, if that's not for you, then maybe this isn't for you. But if you like that stuff, you'll, you'll dig it. Additionally, like if you have checked, if you, if you're just now checking in since, you know, we, since we made the first made the announcement, we've added some tiers. So we're going to be doing a special, uh, podcast that is, um, uh, I admit shamelessly influenced by, uh, by what yeah. idle thumbs did. Uh, we're calling it watch out for interaction or wofi where yep. anybody who donates above, uh, at or above $15, uh, suggests a topic and, uh, or not, not a topic, but ask a question. Question. And then we do a podcast where we just answer that. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're looking forward to that. Don't ask any gross shit, please. Um, <laughs> and, and we, and we reserve the right to just, you know, not like answer when did you stop beating your wife or anything like that? Ask whatever you want. We may not. Yeah. You, know, you ask what you want. I'll answer what I want. Yeah. I'm Jimmy. I run the convenience store from Gabriel Knight. Remember me? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, those, those are the cool, cool things we're doing. 
Um, again, thanks for the big showing on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, if you haven't uh, donated yet, we'd really appreciate it. It's a big help for us, and all the stretch goals benefit everyone. Like maybe you're thinking, you know what? I don't really like. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it out to Portland. Why do I like this? But if you dig what the show, like you're mm-hmm. going to get more shows that we wouldn't do otherwise. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So head on over. That is duckfeed.tv slash Kickstarter. And, uh, you know, if you're a backer, we'll be putting up updates and, you know, keeping you abreast of what's of what's happening here. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. And until next time, praise the sun. Praise the sun. Hey, we forgot to announce this during the actual episode, but you should probably know that the subject for the Watch Out for Fireballs live show is going to be Super Mario Kart, and by extension, all of the other Mario Kart games. So if you've been wondering what we're going to talk about during the episode, that is Super Mario Kart. Uh, So don't be caught slipping, dot, 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 on any banana peels. Uh, Back to the episode, just so you know. So you've heard what we have to say about Deus Ex, and now we want to hear what you have to say about Deus Ex. Um, do you want to tag team this yeah. first one? Yes, yes. Uh, we didn't get very many, very many responses, so we didn't edit down the first one as much as we uh, normally would. Uh, mm-hmm. So just uh, I'll, I'll go, and then I will I will tag you in. Yep. Okay. So this one is from Brian, who I know is a Kickstarter backer. Thank you, Brian, uh, who sends in via contact. Uh, The gameplay for Deus Ex is probably best remembered for its open-endedness towards solving problems, of which the intro is definitely the best example. No matter how you choose to make your character, you won't be forced into some other path. You can stick to being a guy who sneaks everywhere and hacks everything, only interacting with people to either prod them or talk to them, or you can shoot everything and just blow up locked doors in your path, which, sadly, is a feature missing from many current games hello deus ex revolution uh boss fights Mm -hmm. Uh, this game did so many things right that games even now struggle to handle correctly dialogue you can talk to many people and use that info as both backstory and for gameplay advantages also your choices instead of being some vague shortened line give you give you the next line jc says along that dialogue tree letting you uh most easily make a choice suiting how you wish to play through the game freedom you're free to choose how you tackle the majority of problems admittedly some may be a bit more restricted but at no point is shoot everything your only option and yet it is always an option as well of course there are some faults as well having an inventory is nice and while a limit uh, on how much you can carry may be good for keeping you focused on your gameplay style you still have to loot every body of every single item it has and then drop it uh and and then drop what you don't need gary yeah, just real quick. I hate how when you like search a body thing, you might have ammo for you, and it has cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, okay, I'll continue the comment. I just you, you incite a reaction to me, Brian. <laughs> Combat can be fun, but the initial aiming of every gun is quite terrible, which you could chalk up to story. But if people don't have fun with the begin and with the game in the beginning, they won't be able to enjoy the full story. Otherwise, melee is a, is a bit wonky as well, with it being a crapshoot whether you make contact contact or not. Also, apparently the perfect place to knock someone out is just above their ass. Who knew? And as for lockpicking slash hacking, while the minigames currently found for doing these tasks nowadays can be repetitive slash boring, I'm not so sure having you hold down the left mouse button for varying lengths of time is better. The same applies to computer hacking, where you just click a button and wait for access while watching a timer. 
This is one area where I think Deus Ex Human Revolution improved the game with its version of the computer hacking minigame. Finally, while the graphics are good for the time it was made, and with mods it can still look quite nice today, the animations can be downright silly. Make a whole base of people angry and watch their bodies move at full speed, but they only seem to make baby steps everywhere. (laughs) As for the sound of music, though, I really find it hard to find any fault with Deus Ex. The music is atmospheric and really does a good job of fitting the mood, and the sound effects always seem to fit perfectly. In short, a game with flaws, but probably as close to perfection as any game has yet to come. We didn't talk about the music at all. The music's no. really good. Yeah, it is. Like, I, like it's the, uh, I know the exception to that PC, PCs having crappy music mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like these, these themes are really good. That Unacla theme, that gets me, man. Yeah. It gets me deep. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a late motif. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool. good. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. And then Joni says via contact, I played DSX for the first time a few years ago, but didn't get really far. It felt like there was too much wandering around, but I played it again recently and stopped worrying about missing things. The soundtrack is really good. The freedom in the gameplay is nice, and the story got really interesting once the twist started in. Paul revealing that he works for the NSF turned my world upside down. I'm working for the bad guys? I tried to kill Anna for attempting to murder Lebanev, but I couldn't. Not even with a fire extinguisher. That made me pretty upset. I'm only a few hours into Hong Kong, and the game feels like a new adventure with even more crazy stuff happening. Awesome. Killing Navara with the fire you can extinguisher? Kill, fire extinguishers do O2, O2 damage as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. And they're they're really actually pretty good <laughs> as, as far as weapons. Like you can suffocate so many people in this game or so many ways to <laughs> suffocate people. I see. I always carry one around with me. Like you would carry a bucket of water in Minecraft, mm. you know, to, to put yourself out of your caught on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I never, I never tried using them as a weapon. Um, yeah, no, that, yeah, that, that you can. can. Yeah. Super neat. So thank you guys very much uh, for your comments. Um, we realized we didn't give you very much time to comment for this, but there's still time to comment on Deus Ex. And if you, you know, we welcome that, uh, just go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact and uh, talk to us about the latter half of Deus Ex, Hong Kong. Um, I want to hear some, some talk about these accents <laughs> and, uh, and also do so if you want to talk about any of the games we have coming up, which, uh, which are what, Cole? Well, um, accepting the second part of Deus Ex, which we're doing next, um, episode 49 is going to be about Soul Blazer, which is an action RPG, uh, top down, think, uh, think like, you know, Mana, Zelda, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that is for the Super Nintendo. It is not on um, the Virtual Console, which is a bummer. But uh, you know how to get that if uh, yep. if you would like to, which is eBay or Amazon uh, using yep. our referral link. Um, yeah, good uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh i'm excited about that you know that's uh, we, we we have kind of these two categories of games that we do which are the deus exes and then the soul blazers soul blazers being <laughs> well no i i just no no it's just, I, well you could go a lot of different ways with it and it's just kind of funny Continue. Yeah. like we, we have the surefire hits we have the ones that like holy shit deus ex awesome but there are these little gems that we do every once in a while that are really really good um, yeah. Or at least very interesting. These permutations on, uh, you know, more popular stuff and something we have, you know, that I'm kind of proud that we've done over the course of the run of the show so far has been to always take the path less trodden. Right. Except when we don't. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, yeah, like to your point, like we don't always. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, the, just the like you're if, very if, proud of is taking the, the path less trodden about one third of the time. Gary, we did Metroid Fusion and we did Metroid Prime. <laughs> but that's we true. 
<laughs> and we'd never done Super Retro. That's because we hate ourselves. Yeah. That's because of how we were raised. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I like doing these oddball games too. And yeah. there's an element of risk involved. I played Soul Blazer. I don't think I beat it. And when I did it, it was when I was like, when it came out. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be real fresh to me. Yeah. Um, another game that I beat, like when it came out too, is uh, what we're doing for our 50th episode. And as a kid who loved comic books, like big round numbers like that mean a lot to me. Um, the gold foil 50th anniversary episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is going to feature Castlevania 3. Yeah. Yeah, for the NES. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's great. That's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful, you know, and some would say the best, uh, you know, uh, version of the, the classic 2D, 2D Castlevania. Um, you know, has branching paths, has alternate characters, fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. Looks real good. Um, it's been a while since we did an NES game. It's roughly in the same place we did Bionic Commando last year. Yeah. For that weird symmetry we like. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So um, it is available on the Wii Virtual Console. Um, I'm not sure how the sound emulation is on that. Uh, I'm not the person to ask about it. But mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the, 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 that is something that is possibly a sticking point uh, for, for some people if they yeah. if they want to do the full chip or not. I'm sure somebody's reviewed it. Oh, yeah. You know, if you look, if you look that up. Yeah. Uh, and then for our 51st game, we we had something we wanted to do, but it's too similar yeah. to a game we're doing right now. So we actually don't have anything in that slot. Right. So suggest stuff. Please do. Doesn't mean we're going to do it, but suggest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll choose what we're doing for episode 51. Yeah. Um, yeah. In other ways you can help out other than suggesting things is going on Facebook, going on iTunes, uh, leaving a rating and review, um, you know, leaving us a voicemail. Boy, would I love to hear a voicemail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Voicemails would be real fun. Yeah. That is, uh, um, that, that is 419-834-WOFF. Yeah. Ask us anything. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so iTunes reviews, there is an Audible link. We didn't pimp it that hard here. But if you go to audible.com or audibletrial.com uh, forward slash watch out for fireballs, um, that helps us out a whole lot. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. I don't want to hit you with too much admin stuff just because we've been inundating you with the Kickstarter, uh, duckfeed.tv slash Kickstarter. Um, yep. And you can find it's all good. That's going to continue until the Kickstarter is done. Yeah. So, just letting you know. So, yeah. like, if you hate this stuff when, when people do it, please grin and bear it. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've earned this. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I mean, I like to think that we do. Yeah. And we're not doing it like, it's not like PBS where we're doing it like once every two months. Right. You know? Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that is just about everything. I'm really looking forward to playing the rest of this game, Gary. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. And it's it's the kind of game where I've played it multiple times, but I've also uh, started it more times than I've finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to revisiting the second half with a, with a critical eye. Yeah. So, cool. Awesome. So uh, in the meantime, uh, really, really play this game because it's good. Uh, look yep. to our Kickstarter for ways that you can uh, benefit yourself and the community. And yep. uh, like the final, the, the, the final augmentation they can get, Gary. Yep, is a tinfoil hat um, to to stop them from uh, draining your organ <laughs> from, from your body. In addition to uh, protecting your organ, uh, watch out for solar flares.
Man, that is a deep conspiracy theory cut, Gary. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know this shit. You're talking <laughs> some talking some talk during the episode, but I yeah. I know this shit. No, no, I wasn't I wasn't being a braggart. No, I I know you weren't. I'm just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs>